Follow Sean on social media at Sean B. Planet. His podcast audio is on the Sean B. Planet channel on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. His videos are on YouTube and BitChute. Live streams on DLive and Twitch. Blogs, links, and other stuff can be found at SeanBplanet.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, either live or as a replay. Um, I have it's Nick, right? Or do you go by Nikolai? Yeah. Uh, I've heard Nikolai uh, on the uh, Nick is fine. Nick is fine. <laughs> the other co-founder, the other uh, co-founder is also named Nick. We call him SK. Oh, okay. That's how okay. we kind of delineate between each other. So uh, you can just call me Nick and uh, you can call him SK. I'm, I'm sure you'll get in contact with him later. He's currently okay. sitting in a New York hospital because Eesh. he was at a reenactment and got shot in the shoulder. <laughs> By that's a gnarly. World that's War gnarly. II German pistol. <laughs> so that's where he is right now. That's awesome. I will accept an that assassination excuse. attempt. Will, yeah. it, was, it was an assassination attempt against the grand chairman, and, and we need to yeah. we need to take action. Yeah, love it. <laughs> love that. We will avenge the assassination plot yes. on our leader. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, sweet. Well, yeah. Um, I'll get to the, the movement questions here in a, in a second. But first, who are you? So my name is I I, I give my full name because I I don't care anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My name is Nicholas Haas. I am from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I am a traditional Roman Catholic. I go to Latin Mass. Uh, me and my friend SK met in college. Uh, we went to the same college together and, uh, through a lot of discussion, we were thinking to ourselves, well, we, we need to do something because we, we were part of a bunch of different organizations, uh, various organizations here and there. And if they weren't inept, and I'm not saying inept in like this, oh, wow, we're so big brain, we're better. <laughs> it's, it's that you, you know, you see these things where it's like, why aren't we you know, why aren't we being ambitious? Why aren't we using other platforms? Why aren't we moving forward here? And you spend nights, me, me, me and SK would spend uh, complete nights at a bar, like writing down, well, here's what we can do here. And this is what we can do there. We can set this up and that up. And then you, you kind of, you know, meekly bring it towards them. And you're like, how about all of this? And then they would go, eh, well, you know, maybe. And it was just kind of, <laughs> You know, it was like, you know what, let's just freaking do it ourselves. And, that, and then that's what we did. So we spitballed some names, some ideas, and we came up with the new Columbia movement. We got started on Facebook about a year and a half ago. Uh, once we got started on Facebook, it was just me, me and SK uh, making some content, sharing posts around, connecting with people, inviting people to the page. Eventually, we got to a point where people started taking interest. We started recruiting other people, and we had other people start joining in and assisting us with uh, expanding. So, you know, you have all these ideas in your head, but only two people that are doing something. You know, I have a full-time job. He has a, SK has a full-time job. We got family. We got places that we live. Uh, all the extracurriculars we do religiously and otherwise with other organizations. So we need more people. The more people we find, the bigger we grow. Right now we're on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we're making the move to Parlor. I know a lot of people say that have a lot of stuff about Parlor that they don't like, but you know, yeah. use utilize it while it's there. Uh, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Parlor, 
we have a website, newcolumbiamovement.org. Um, we're working on a publication in the distant future. Uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Parler is, um, I'm on it. I use it. I think it, it, you know, people are going to use it like Twitter, but I don't trust them. Like, I don't trust the No, company. I don't trust yeah. Parler at all. <laughs> It's like I think people I, are putting too much trust into the new alternative without actually looking into it, you know. Well, if you notice the people that are moving to it, it's the the the, the, the typical kind of people. Yeah. If if you say you're on, I mean, I I I like Trump. I I like his supporters. They got the spirit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes they have this thing where where if you just say I'm on your side, come over here, and they will just like a massive herd of sheep. They will just yeah transfer to that other location just because they said we agree with you and they all just move there and that's kind of what parlor seems to be but at the same time not gonna hurt if i'm there and 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 uh utilizing that service to go ahead and reach a couple more wayward souls before we inevitably get new yeah absolutely what about gab have you ever used gab or like gab at all i I have not used Gab. Honestly, I'm a yeah. little unfamiliar with Gab. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a, oh, it is a social media alternative, isn't it? Yeah. I uh, like, I prefer Gab. The problem is nobody else does. So you kind of just end up with like an echo chamber of like the extremists and um, no one actually, you know, in the middle, like no, like if you're, if your goal is to kind of convince people to join your thought. You know, <laughs> if you're trying to convert yeah. people to to Christ, you know, it's like there people are already like in that echo chamber there already. But I like I actually trust the company. They actually seem to be like genuinely like persecuted and censored and like mm -hmm. other corporations like fight against them and like try to take them down. So th that that makes me trust them more. They're not propped up. They're not, you know, promoted by the mainstream people and the modern culture or whatever. Um, the fact that they're kind of like censored and like have to like battle attacks from the mainstream modern media and stuff is uh, to me a sign of a good company. The problem is no one uses it. So you're not going to find people like your actual yeah. friends or people you actually want to like try to convince to join your side. So it's yeah, kind of like and I, <laughs> give and take. Yeah, no, it's I good, understand but bad. that. Yeah, and the thing is, is this is what I'm realizing uh, as we kind of move forward with the organization in general. Uh, it, it requires labor to, to get these these social media platforms off the ground. Instagram, yeah. you know, I, I, as far as uh, Instagram, we have to, you know, you're, you're connecting with people. You have to use the proper hashtags. There's certain criteria for the photos, and you want to keep it in a certain, you know, a, a certain feel on Instagram and Facebook is different and Twitter is different and, and we try to delegate each of these platforms to somebody so if somebody joins up with us like uh, we have two members uh, uh, Lewis the, the guy that you were most likely speaking with in regards to uh, me coming on here uh, he already knows Twitter he knows Twitter he lives on Twitter you know uh, <laughs> him and, and, and another friend of mine Andrew who's also in the organization they both already know twitter so when they joined up i was like look i don't know twitter and i'm not gonna <laughs> spend the time to learn twitter because twitter's a full-time job so you two go and handle twitter i will handle facebook i know what i know oh facebook i grew up with facebook 
you know, uh, Instagram, I was able to learn on my own. But Parlor, I know somebody who uh, is in the organization that, that is familiar with Parlor, so we're setting him up there. And then you kind of have to have all of it funneled through me, since I am one of the co-founders. I am, I at least take responsibility for whatever goes on our social media. That way, at least we keep everything consistent across platforms so that you don't have one guy on Instagram that's going full wig nap. Meanwhile, somebody on Facebook is doing this and someone on Twitter is doing that. <laughs> we try to keep everything consistent. Yeah. If one thing goes up on Facebook, it's the same thing that goes up on Instagram. It's the same thing that goes up on Twitter with variation here and there uh, because yeah. I know Twitter has its certain criteria for posts and things of that nature, but that's kind of what our social media modus operandi is, and to throw Gab into that mix, you <laughs> that, uh, you gotta figure out that, um, I guess you could say, um, that, like, reward to labor, that opportunity cost yeah. being on Gab, and Right now, I don't see the, the benefit of being on Gab without having somebody who's just like, hey, I'll do Gab for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if I don't have anybody that, that's going to do it for me right now, I don't see the point in setting myself up for it. But maybe in the future, that'll change. A lot of people are abandoning uh, uh, the mainstream social media sites, and maybe it'll be worth it in the future. I just don't see it right now. Yeah, yeah definitely. I just think whenever whenever Trump gets kicked off of Twitter or uh, leaves Twitter on his own, whatever wherever he goes, like millions will follow. <laughs> and I think right. people on and Gab I... are just crossing their fingers, hoping that Trump goes there. But I think oh, he's not going to go to Gab. It's he's probably going to be parlor. Par- yeah, parlor or his own, like Trump Trumpy. <laughs> he might he might do Trump. something himself. Yeah. 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 Um, well, see, we've kind of been like like touching on it, but um, what is the New Columbia Movement? Uh, I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? The yeah. New Columbia Movement. Is, uh, so this is taken. So I would classify ourselves right now as a fraternity, as a social group. Yeah. Uh, the reason I would do that is because. We are not a political organization insofar as we don't intend to uh, run political candidates. We don't intend to, to, to aim for that right now because it's not something that's viable anyways. So why even put your time and effort into it? So we've come up with pretty much three main ideas that we wanted to pursue. And that was number one, social cohesion, uh, bringing traditional well we are traditional most of us are traditional catholics we are not an explicitly catholic organization but we post things that are catholic in nature and if a non-catholic wishes to take part in the organization we just respect the fact that or they would respect the fact that we're not going to back down on those things but if they agree with any other things that, that we have no problem with you know working with them and some traditional catholics get mad because they think that's ecumenism it's not but <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's here nor there. So we figured that the way the world is going right now, we're about to go into some very dark places. If you've watched our YouTube videos at all, the most recent one that we titled the post-election Doomer cast. <laughs> yeah. 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 With Donald Trump's exit from the presidency, and I, I really, really don't, I, I think the Trumpers are on a lot of copium right now thinking he's going to, he's going to, uh, that he, he's going to pull through here. 
I really don't think he's going to. We're going to get a Biden presidency and very likely we're going to get a Kamala Harris presidency, which is even worse. Yeah, which means by but, default it will be a Kamala Harris presidency, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slash no, Clinton Biden, Foundation presidency. Yeah, yeah it's weekend at Biden. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we figured that, well, number one, with everything going where it's going right now, socially, a lot of us, especially traditional Christians, I should say, I'll use a broader sense, traditional Christians tend to feel very isolated socially. We uh, typically, I mean, you can, I mean, if, if you have experienced this as well, uh, uh, holding certain positions is not popular uh, in our age group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being anti-LGBT, uh, being pro-life, the, these are not things. Especially just being um, aggressively uh, Christian and yeah. and vocally Christian. See, a lot of Christians, even in even in the conservative circles, it's that like, oh, sure, I'm Christian, but shut up, right? Like, keep <laughs> quiet. Uh, we, yeah. we like Christians insofar as they stay quiet and they vote for us. That's how a lot of conservative groups are. So we thought to ourselves, well, we need some sort of platform for Christians, for, for um, young, vocal, proud Christians that hold traditional values to kind of group together, since we don't find a lot of that in our, you know, everyday life. So creating a, 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 a community for that was definitely one of the most important things uh, that, that we could provide. Uh, on top of that, we said, okay, so we have that. Now what are we going to do with it? So right now we are planning, I could always almost say plotting our, um, <laughs> our IRL. Yeah. yeah, we are scheming for our, our IRL activities, which should be beginning next year. This is going to include yeah. rosary rallies. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, it, if, non, if non-Catholics want to do a, a prayer rally, um, so be it. I'll still have my rosary. That's 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 the difference between ecumenism and uh, uh, being respectful, and 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 taking the assistance of of another Christian organization. See, if I went to a prayer rally and I had my rosary, and the person next to me doesn't want to use the rosary, they want to pray another way. Then so be it. I'm just not going to partake. Right? It's it's that's that's kind of how how uh, we see things. But we're planning rosary slash prayer rallies around the country based on where we're able to get chapters up. This could be outside of Planned Parenthoods, maybe on college campuses where clickable, things of that nature. So that is going to be our um, public outlet, I guess you could say. And then on the other side, we want to create, I guess what you could call a mutual aid society. Uh, the, 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 one, the only thing I've identified as, as a way for us to, to survive this what, what, what's coming our way right now with demographic change and just atheism in general and just lackadaisical Christians is that we need to... I, I said this to somebody before and they thought I meant it as an insult and I don't. Christians can be like cockroaches. <laughs> and, and I mean yeah. that in a very good way, the, the, the good aspects of being a cockroach. Uh, we are difficult to get rid of. Well, yeah. number one, because it's truth and you can't get rid of truth. Uh, and also, uh, you can just look throughout history. Anytime that Christians have been persecuted or they've had the heel on them and, and they've been tried to, to be suppressed and destroyed, 
they always come back and they always survive whatever was coming after them. Absolutely. That's what I see is going to happen in America pretty soon. Is Absolutely. that we're going to see a lot more aggressive chastisement for being Christians and a mutual aid society will allow all of us to be able to assist one another in creating families because we will win over time with our families. Absolutely. More kids that we have, I, I, I mean, not to say that these the, the degenerates aren't having kids, but are we going to say that the degenerates that are having kids are going to have well-adjusted kids that are going to have more kids? <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's up for debate. Yeah. So if us Christians can band together loosely enough to where we can, you know, help raise and, and uh, raise and um, subsidize another generation or two. And I think this will, I think a lot of this will, uh, will win through attrition without a doubt. Uh, are you familiar with Yuri Bezmenov? Yeah. I'm sorry? Yeah. Yeah, the Russian defected spy who yeah. predicted everything like a like he was reading a script. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Yuri Bezmenov did a very, very interesting um, speech. Well, I guess you could say a, um, some sort of seminar. And he was talking about religion in particular. I don't remember if he was a, a Christian or not. But he, he definitely had everything in a row on what uh, was going on. He said that uh, the power of, of religion is that it's something above government. And when you put something above government, a lot of times uh, an illegitimate government will, or a, an atheist government will feel uncomfortable, of course, having something above them that, that yeah. they, they're beholden to. But they, he specifically said something that stuck with me, and that was that when you fight against them, you can't throw fists. Because if you throw a fist, something bigger than you and there's a such thing as just war if it came if, if something came to the point where you know it's like well look they're killing us or something crazy like that then yeah no you fight back <laughs> but as far as being the aggressor this is something i think the alt-right and the wignats uh seem to not understand when you throw a punch at something bigger than you they want you to do it they will catch you by the wrist and you're done the only way to really beat these people is to use the power of our moral superiority is what he said. But, you know, we just use truth. Yeah. And yeah. the truth and love of God. Out. Right. That's all you, that's all you need to and do. And with that, who, how do you lose? Like, how do you lose with that? You can't. Uh, you might temporarily favorite... lose some ground or you might shed some blood or, yeah, your body might disappear. But the truth and the love of God does not lose. Like... You know, right. and you'll be rewarded, and like the bigger picture, we will be rewarded. Right, and um, um, the problem is Satan FK's convinces us quote. to drift into what you're talking about, like the physical battle. He convinces yeah, us that uh, we're not in a spiritual war, that we're in a physical battle where we do need to throw fists, and that's right. That's and where I we mean, destroy there could ourselves. be a time where that there there could be a time where that eventually comes, but now's not that time. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. not that. It's definitely yeah. not that time. Anybody that thinks that that, that that is time, they're not paying attention to the reality of the situation. One of uh, SK, the other co-founder's favorite quotes is, with God on our side, how can we lose? Exactly, yeah. Or at least an iteration <laughs> of that. And, that, and that's that, the yeah. truth. And, and that's yeah. the truth. And the thing is, is that the, the attacks against 
Christians is far more sophisticated now than it's ever been before. Yep. But we have survived far, far, far worse. <laughs> they used to feed us the lions. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They, they used to, yeah. the Romans, the the most arguably one of the most like powerful entities to have ever existed. Not only did they used to pick us up and throw us into uh, um, arenas to be eaten by lions, uh, they they would massacre us. And look, despite all of that, we ended up converting Rome. And then we ended up uh, 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 spreading the, our religion across the world. So everything that has ever tried to kill us has either ended up in the end turning around and joining us or in some way, shape, or form dissolving. Whether you yeah. go to the shoguns in Japan or you go to uh, Rome, it could be the, the, the pagans of, of northern and uh, eastern Europe, they all tried. It, it, it never worked. Even Muslims. People think that the Muslims are going to, well, they, they're going to do a pretty number to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to do a, a number to Europe, but at the end, they're not going to win either. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of as far as going back to your initial question, we see that that is what's coming. And having a, a, an organization, especially of younger people, because people will tell me, oh, well, I mean, especially for Catholics, we have a lot of options. We have the Tradition Family and Property, which is a organization that I highly respect, uh, the Knights of Columbus. I, I, I agree. These are organizations um, that, that, that Catholics could join. Uh, Christians, I'm not aware of as many organizations uh, similar to that. However, a lot of these organizations are dominated by a lot of older men, dare I say boomers. And <laughs> oh, the you B see word. modernism. Yeah, you see modernism <laughs> dripping into all of these organizations, uh, especially the Knights of Columbus. I love the Knights of Columbus. I'm a fourth degree Knight of Columbus. Uh, the Knights of Columbus is being modernized to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and tradition, family, and property is definitely a lot stronger, but. Uh, I, I have some gripes with them as well. Not not gripes on ideology, but they, they have a modernist element that's starting to, to run amok as well. And I, I think having another organization, especially geared towards younger people, uh, is something that we need. So pretty much if you put New Columbia uh, into kind of uh, into into what you would think of what the New Columbia movement is. I would say it is a uh, traditional Christian mutual aid society. Love that. Yeah, you just answered like all my questions with that explanation. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> no, that was awesome. I did better. Um, <laughs> I did better than my last podcast where I got Homer Simpson onto a stream, Return to Tradition. Who has like is a traditional Catholic with sixty thousand views on YouTube? I thought I was just there was a guy named Guido the clerical authoritarian. I was like, oh, this guy doesn't have a lot of views, you know. Uh, I, I did this, you know. I, I'm not expecting to be like uh, grilled when I go here. It's gonna be, you know, a nice laid back podcast. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, I'm stuck in front of sixty thousand people and they're just grilling me for being <laughs> ecumenical. And, what do you think about the blah 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 papal encyclical? Yeah. I'm like, oh dear Lord Almighty, I'm getting roasted here. <laughs> Not yeah, here. Don't I, I worry wish, about that. No. Yeah, I, I, wish I, had, I wish I had that fight in me at the last podcast. No worries. Um, well, I, I'll kind of re-ask some of the questions again. Um, but I did want to say, like, there is – I'm almost wanting Biden, right? Like, I think 
my conspiracy mind is like this is all a script this is all a setup they're just setting up trump for another four years just to make the left extra mad and make sure the radicals get extra time to do their power grabs or whatever um but i actually kind of want biden to win because i do think christians need to be persecuted a little bit i think we have had a pretty good run and i think when christians are persecuted like you're saying like it strengthens us it really does strengthen us and when when times are like comfy and cozy and nice and like that actually puts us to sleep i think we get put into like the satanic lullaby of like comfort and ease and pleasure and i think it's about time we kind of wake up to it and i think you know like you can see it specifically in america like i feel like the last 40 50 years the catholics have been like a little persecuted not a lot but like enough you know where tiny little scandals get blown up into like giant hollywood movies and like slam pieces and you know it's like i just think the catholics have been very persecuted against you know obviously not like thrown into lion's dens uh persecuted no well the ku klux klan used to hang us so yeah the knights of columbus is an interesting example the knights of columbus was originally invented as a mutual aid society for catholic men because it was very common for well number one it was to defend the bit well one of the reasons was to defend bishops uh during uh services because it was not uncommon for protestants to be a little aggressive towards catholics at mass uh but also uh it was a mutual aid society for catholic men that would die in the mines back at a time where um the idea of life insurance wasn't as accessible to most people and uh there wasn't exactly like wrongful death suits like if you went to the mines and you got crushed by a mining car that wasn't properly uh attached to something and then like you know that the top hat monocule like penguin looking character just comes over and he maybe like tosses a dime on a widow's lap <laughs> you know like back in those times this it was it, there was there was a a gap in care i guess you could say a care gap and the Knights of Columbus picked that up for Catholics. Uh, at this point in time, I think, and it's sad enough, I think one of the reasons the Catholics are not as persecuted today as they were in the past has something to do with the fact that uh, Protestants and Catholics alike, even the Orthodox to an extent, because I know a lot of Orthodox people that uh, complain about the Orthodox Church in America being very liberal, is that all Christian denominations in America have, have pucked. And yeah. they've they've started to they, they they've started to uh, modernize and they drop a lot of yeah. their harder positions and because of that the the distinction between all of us has started to erode because a Catholic uh, the the average everyday Catholic is really indistinguishable from an everyday Protestant in most regards yeah uh, as far as how they live their spiritual life. It's just different, uh, like where they go on Sunday, and uh, like a little bit of like how they dress is kind of the only difference between a lot of denominations. That's, that's what it comes down to. The church is a little different. The the service is different. Yeah. The songs are a little different. The the church yeah, buildings the are different, way... and then the rest of the week is pretty much just the same. It's like lukewarm, right. doled down, watered down Christianity, you know. And right. it's all feelings. And, and that, it's all feelings and emotions based. There's no truth. Right. There's no logic. There's no like masculine strength. You know, it's just like you said, cucked. I feel like that's just so, it's so cucked. Yeah, um, I, I think it's because all Christian denominations in America have gotten to a point where that's pretty much where we're at. 
So it's easy for Catholics to kind of become accepted in broader society because they're no different than any other person now. Yeah. Now I'll tell you what, if you start being a traditional Catholic, uh, there's certain beliefs that we hold, we all we tend to have large families because we don't believe in contraception. Yeah. Well, not that we don't believe in contraception, we don't agree with it. We obviously believe it exists. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we don't we don't agree with its use. We tend to have larger families, uh, yeah. uh, some other beliefs that we hold. Uh, if you start practicing those things, like I do, if you start practicing those things within Catholic circles, they will start to push you away. Really? Because yeah. even though the church is, the, 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 the Catholic church supports uh, uh, natural family planning, which is basically has to do with, uh, 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 I don't even think I need to go into it. It's making sure when women are ovulating. And it's, 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 natural family planning is basically the natural way for um, uh, planning yeah. your family. Trusting uh, that God will provide as ma as many or as little children as you need. Oh, not so much that because there is uh, it is expected that like Catholics don't just you know they, they well see some if they don't understand their faith they might do it where they just sit around they 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 just they just spit out as many babies as possible. There, there's there's something <laughs> sinful to that as well because you're not taking into consideration whether you can care for these children blah blah blah. But basically, natural family planning comes down to the idea that. Um, well, between a mixture of abstinence and also uh, other things that you could just you could just go look up because I'm not gonna because <laughs> I'm not gonna go into it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's ways to make sure naturally that uh, you have children in a in a manner that is sustainable. But when see when you start talking about those things, most Catholics will turn their head sideways and go, "Huh." That's not Catholic. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, that's what the church preaches, and they're very pro-life as well. And if Joe Biden calls himself a traditional Catholic one more time, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> do something in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when Kamala Harris said, I, um, um, "Both I and Joe Biden are a person of faith," on that one vice presidential yeah. debate, I almost took a seizure. It, you almost gave my poor grandmother, my poor traditional Catholic grandmother a stroke. Yeah. yeah, Satan's faith. They have faith in uh, yeah. Satan. Uh, yeah, technically they are people of faith. That's just not ours. Well, they don't pray to our God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just think, I mean, I see Catholics as, in my opinion, stronger, at least in America. I don't know about Europe. I don't know about other countries. But they're stronger. Uh, in other I think countries, it's... they're wild, strong. Wild, yeah. <laughs> uh, Poland and Britain. But... Well, we've always been. We, well, not. I shouldn't say we've always been because obviously there was a point in time where we were putting the screws to you. So well, right. I mean, you know, right. But then that. Then see that. Then that. The, the, what results in that? What results in like Catholics persecuting like all the Lutheran revolutions in Europe? What happens? Like the Lutherans oh, get I mean, stronger. The Lutherans grow. A... Like. In that persecution, like the faith strengthens, the strength grows, you know, like the right. trust, well, yeah, the trust and love does. of God is like, is, is solidified and it spreads. And I mean, the metaphor I was using the dandelion, you just, it's like trying to mow, mow a field of dandelions. Like you're going to end up with a bigger field of more dandelions, you know? Yeah. And... So there, I mean, we could definitely have a, a, a have you on our stream sometime. I I'd yeah. find you another, another Protestant. Because I could debate you on the Protestant <laughs> because I would say that I'm not the biggest fan. Self. Okay, no. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a I'll, I'll, I'm not a Catholic. I'm not any like denomination at least yet. 
Um, but yeah, the more and more I look into like Martin Luther and all of that, I I I have doubts and uh, skeptic thoughts. Oh, there's uh, um... <laughs> the more I look into it, the uglier it gets. You know, it's not the roses uh, that I you're told in about... American Baptist oh, yeah. Church or whatever. It's not the oh, God, sunshine no. revolution that they pretend it to be. You know, in America. Um, uh, a lot of a lot but, of uh, uh, the, the funniest thing I ever heard a, a Catholic say about Martin Luther. I, I I used to challenge my faith a lot when I was younger, and I said something about Martin Luther, and somebody called him a a, a clergy dropout, anal retentive pervert. Oh boy, boy oh boy oh boy. Yeah. And I was like, hey, no, sure, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't think. I think the thing is, is Martin Luther never uh, expected things to, to come to where it is now, where yeah. the Christian world is broken into so many different segments that it's barely you're able to put it together. Yeah. And a lot of these Christian denominations don't even look like Christian at all. Yeah. That's why we call ourselves a traditional Christian organization, because not every Christian is really a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, claim the, they claim the title, but they're really not. Uh, pro-life is a big one for me. If you're pro-choice and you're Christian, you're a walking contradiction. Yeah, is what I believe. Yeah, I've, I've pretty I've come to that conclusion in the last year for sure. And uh, anybody that that makes the argument, well, I personally wouldn't do it, <laughs> but if somebody else wants to do it, so what you're saying is evil is okay as long as it's done over there. Right. Yeah. The thing is, is Jesus didn't. Jesus wasn't some Buddhist monk, right? Well, there's. A, a, I'm sure you've heard the conspiracies about where was Jesus between uh, yeah. childhood. He, tra he traveled and, to India. He he's uh, to India. He's the son of Cleopatra. He's the. You know. Yeah, I've heard of a lot of the. Uh, yeah. Different. Non. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> blasphemous nonsense. But, but yeah. anyways, the point that I'm getting at is that Jesus wasn't a Buddhist monk. It wasn't this idea of like I will sit here and gain enlightenment. And whatever you do over there is you. But my my job is to reach nirvana, which I guess you could say heaven for us. And I feel like a lot of Christians have this thing where they're like, oh, personally me, I'm going to go to heaven, but everybody else just does what they want to do. Jesus never did that. Yeah. Jesus' whole ministry was around going around. Oh, don't judge, they'll say. Jesus's, most of Jesus' ministry was going around and judging the hell out of people. Yeah. <laughs> The judgment really nice word is, is, is frustrating because, yes, we are to judge, but we're not supposed to do it with anger or disdain. Like, we judge, right, but well, we forgive. We judge in order to correct. We judge, Like, you can't not judge, especially as a Christian, because you have to be able to be, right. you have to be willing to correct the errors and the flaws happening around you. Like, you have to correct your right. brother and sister and bring them into the kingdom, especially if you're right. on that, you know, <laughs> I don't know. There's debates yeah, within debates within tell, debates to be had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people it's judging the it's judging the action, not the person. Yeah. Lots of people in my life that definitely are not on the right path. I I do not judge the person. I don't know where they came from. I don't know what what's going on in their head. Some people don't have the capacity for something. There's varying levels of culpability. I I worked with the mentally retarded for several years. I'm not going to pretend like all of these people are as culpable for their actions as I am. Yeah. And I understand what I'm doing. These people don't. Not doesn't make them any better, as or their actions any better. But you know, there's there's I, I understand that there's there's levels of culpability there. But there, because there's levels of culpability, I believe it's uh, the job of society to at least push people in the right direction. 
this yeah. libertarian perspective of let's just sit around and everybody, you, you just do you, that just breeds more. It breeds more evil over time. Because at the end of the day, if you don't give anybody the moral foundation to reject uh, evil, if you don't give them that foundation, but then you also open the door up for them to partake in it, most people are going to going to do it because it's fun it's easy and it feels good and if you don't i mean I, i've always heard the joke about catholics where they say well if it feels good stop <laughs> you know you know hey, what there's something to be said about that because you, it's, it's the idea of letting your brain and your your morals control your actions rather than you know what feels good so if something feels yeah. really good maybe you need to stop and Think about what you're doing because maybe it feels too good for a reason exactly yeah. yeah feelings and emotion i feel like that's um that's what's what's dragging us down to earth and not letting us you know find the kingdom <laughs> enter least, into the kingdom uh least our, trustworthy emotions yeah our, our attachment to this stuff our flesh our our thoughts and our flesh and not like our soul not the kingdom within you know um yeah man I want, it's like i want to have like 20 different conversations with you now about the, <laughs> oh, I mean, everything you're saying <laughs> but um yeah nowhere um, to be trust me <laughs> well i like that the idea of judgment i had that conversation the other day because they were like you should never judge and i was like well if your child is constantly running out into a busy street you know like you need to correct that mm -hmm. behavior Right. Like that is dangerous behavior and you need to correct it. But, you know, someone else could be like, why are you judging your child's decision to, you know, he, your child wants to run in the street. Why are you judging him? And it's like, well, okay, as long as you're not so meeting him, it's like meet, meet and correct that behavior. Have that judgment, like correct the behavior with your judgment of his inappropriate, dangerous behavior. But do it with love. Do it with compassion. Do it with correcting compassion. And I think there's just and a difference I'm, when you're I'm just like, steps. when you're hatred and anger judgment, I think that's clearly what we're warned to avoid. Uh. Right, and now I'm two steps ahead of that argument of what you're saying right now, yeah. because I know what the response would be. Well, yeah. that's common sense. If they run out into the street, they'll get hurt. <laughs> and, and now I would say, yes, that's true. But here's yeah. the thing. They don't, they don't, they only recognize like physical pain or you make a bad financial decision. There's the cause effect, right? Uh, uh, cause and effect, something physical that you can see, because they don't care about things like morality or a soul or whether or not your child will go to hell for the things that they are doing, whether or not you care about yourself and your own soul, they don't view these as realistic threats. Therefore, they don't put that kind of level of yeah. caring into it. So yeah, no, sure. T tell Jimmy not to run out into the street because he might get hit by a car. Nobody tells, no, nobody tells little Jimmy well, don't run around and fornicate because you might end up having a warped sense of what love is and then destroying your don't marital you prospects for the rest of your don't life. You, don't you judge, though. A lot of these people, and a lot of these people don't want to judge because they have done it themselves. Because I'll tell you what, there's, yeah. there's definitely a divorce wine mom, you know, third divorce, and she's like, oh, don't judge. You know that deep down there's something being said there about please don't judge me because by judging what that person did, you are by extension judging me. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, well, yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, so Knights of Columbus, you've mentioned this, but um, mm-hmm. could you explain what it is, what you guys do, and what part it plays in the Illuminati network? <laughs> if you mean if you, if you mean a bunch of if you mean a bunch of old people flipping pancakes to get yeah. money for the nuns being Illuminati, then yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm exactly. What 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 role does that play in the giant Illuminati network that I that I hear about on YouTube all the time? Look, if any of these <laughs> if some of these bozos have anything to do with the Illuminati, <laughs> yeah, I, what... I'm a fourth degree Knight of Columbus. The Knights of Columbus is an organization. It's a Catholic male fraternity. And their ideas are charity, fraternity, unity, patriotism. Oh, charity, fraternity. Oh, crap. I don't remember all of them. Charity, unity, fraternity, and patriotism. They, have, they used to have degrees to do all of them. It's all super secret. Can't talk about it, even though you could probably Google it. <laughs> you could probably Google it for how freaking special it was. But um, it's, it's a Catholic male fraternity. We come together maybe once a month events for charity they'll go you know flip burgers and do a a a cookout and make money for something they help the church uh the the various dioceses uh my 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 diocese is a basilica it's very large however a relatively small congregation it has has a lot of upkeep they help assist with paying to keep the lights on it's 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 a it's a catholic charitable fraternity really as far as like Illuminati and all of that, the closer you get to the organization, if you were a Catholic male and you joined it, the longer you're in it, the, the less special it seems. Yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's guys up towards the top of the organization that, you know, they're in the Knights, Knights of Malta or something. And there's, you know, or Opus Day, And there's people that probably have uh, attachments to other organizations that have, interesting connections but as far as like the -the run-of-the-mill guys down where i am even you know a few steps up from me there's no illuminati nonsense (laughs) bunch of b words bunch of those boomers running around (laughs) it's a lot of of boomers doing good that that's really what it comes down to it's a lot of boomers with a lot of extra time on their hands because they're either retired or a lot of them are very wealthy and because they're very wealthy or they don't have a lot of t- or they have a lot of time on their hands they go and, and do things to help the church help their local communities uh help one another not unlike what we want to do but we're uh, we're a lot harder in our rhetoric than the knights of columbus are <laughs> yeah knights of columbus yeah. are unapologetically pro-life and i love that about them but most other yeah. things where they talk about, oh, only a practical Catholic joins the Knights of Columbus, and I just kind of sit around. And I look at look at my calendar, and I'm like, uh, press X to doubt. So <laughs> good guys, but yeah. I know yeah. a lot of people in my council vote in Biden, and we're not allowed to argue politics in the council chambers. But um, yeah. I do yeah. it when I leave the chamber. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're a Roman Catholic and you're voting for Joe Biden why are you here but, you know, story for another day I love it and I love your you guys have three three main pillars um faith family fraternity and uh I wanted could could, could you explain why those pillars are important to to the movement hey you did your research <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice I like so, that so uh, mine is yeah. faith loyalty hope um, the more I dug into my family, that was like on my family's crest. Um, and I love that. Cause I think those pack a punch like faith, family or faith, loyalty, hope. 
is just such like such important pillars to live your life by at all times and in the right order <laughs> faith first you know loyalty second like your dedication your loyalty your contracts your oath keeping and then hope always being optimistic and hopeful um and That's so I, I but then I, I stumbled upon yours because we share the first the first in common faith and then you go into family which is similar to loyalty, right? Like that's kind of mm -hmm. where, you, where, like, very similar concepts there. But then fraternity, and I just wanted to get your take so, on why those three are important to you guys. So uh, it's probably because uh, we we make more a little more of a distinction. So faith, yeah. obviously, I, I don't even think we need to go too deep into that because uh, we kind of both <laughs> understand the idea that the idea that Christ and His commandments are the core of everything, and that without yeah. any without that, everything else just falls apart because we don't have the foundation so faith comes first family we're talking about your literal surrounding biological family uh the idea of creating families and helping your family and and we, oh there's a lot of ideas within catholic circles there's a lot of political ideology and uh if you've ever heard of integralism uh there, there there's a lot of catholic political ideology the so we Catholics tend to see the family as the smallest form of the state. So family is like a state with a, you know, with a, a patriarch or a matriarch, you know, depending on how your family is set up. You always have, you know, the, the grandfather or the grandmother. And don't forget, Catholics tend to have very large families. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, oh, we need yeah. Be fruitful and multiply and don't. <laughs> right. But we tend to have large yeah. families and the idea of a patriarch and a matriarch and and, and yeah. the, you know, the offspring and the family surrounding that, we believe that strong families are what makes a strong nation. If you see a country with weak families and single mothers, you're going to have single mothers and single fathers and degenerate fathers running around and sleeping yeah. around, uh, which I think is honestly a bigger issue than, than, the, than the, the slutty women, honestly, because the yeah. men enable it. Yeah. But um, sluts, sluts happen but they're because of slut makers. Right, right, right they are. There's a disconnect and, and in our society now between the men being too angry at what the women are doing without looking inward and saying, it's our fault. Why are they doing it? Yeah, yeah it is. We're, fa it, we're failing it. them, you know, it's like our responsibility why... to, yeah. And uh, so, so the family part really comes down to the idea that a strong family equals a strong nation. If you want to have a strong nation, you need to yeah. start with the smallest form of the state at the very bottom of the family. And yeah. uh, that's why we have this idea of the mutual aid society where we're able to assist one another in creating and forming these, um, these strong families. Because without that, we don't, we don't really have a foundation to launch from. If you don't have the the core element of uh, family and more children and family and more children, uh, you know, going through the generations, well, then you die out and, and, yeah. and, and you're done. Uh, of course, that doesn't mean that just because some, because I know people that can't have children, just because you can't have children doesn't mean that you're not a value to society, that, you're, that you can't be a good Christian. Many of them become priests. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, in my regard, priests don't get married. So uh, there's people that become priests, and that is something that would be assisting the family as well, because a, a big role of, of a priest is to provide spiritual counseling for families and for marriages, and that plays a role as well. If you're not, if, if you can always adopt, you can do these other things. So we're ba basically the family is, after faith, the foundation, the core building blocks is family. 
after that fraternity is the idea of a wider society around you. So your first duty is to family. Well, well, your first duty is to God. But after that, your first duty is to your immediate family. Uh, put your own mask on before you put on the mask of another, as they say, like if an airplane's yeah. going down. Uh, but then after that, you look at the rest of the country, the rest of the country or society that you're in, that is your family as well, extended family. And you, you need to operate like that. There's something, something happened in America, and I think it's because of the very libertarian, Ayn Rand way of conservatism we have now, where the idea of like this family over there and this family over there, and, and it's, it's very separate, right? SK, uh, the other co-founder, could talk on this a lot better than I could. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> I love um, his take on actually, the nuclear family, right? Yeah, he has a take on the nuclear family about the he has idea a spicy of, take uh, on the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he would, he would uh, say that the nuclear family is a bit of an abomination because it's, it's this, like, idea of separating these bigger families into these little units, all yeah. independent of each other, and it it, it, it breaks down communal bonds. And yeah. uh, I've never read this, but I know it's, I know it's good. There was something called Bowling Alone. It was a book. And it was the, I, it was, it was about the, uh, it, it's a so, sociology book. Look, if it's, if, if it's written by a little hat guy and, and it, and it has liberal <laughs> stuff in it, don't, don't shoot me for it. All right. I just know the con, the general concepts in it. The general concepts are that, the social institutions in America are breaking down and they've been breaking down for a long time because we have no connections to one another. It's harder for people to interact. It's harder for people to meet one another. I mean, think about how, how men used to meet their wives. You know, they, they, they met them at the local ice cream shop or they met them at the, at the, the local pool or at the church uh, with a church event. Or they, they met them through family events with other families, some kind of community gathering. That's how people te used to meet each other. We don't have that anymore. We're very isolated now. And that fraternity is something that we have to got to bring back to America. And that's something that is probably the part that I butt heads with some traditional Catholics because yeah. I'm not just seeing I, – I, I guess I, I want a Christian America. Of course, I would, I would prefer Catholic. <laughs> I'm not, you know, not going to deny that, but at the same time, it's not something I expect that is, is something achievable. Uh, uh, not in my lifetime, not in many, many, many lifetimes, and that's not what we're aiming for anyways because first got to get the Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Step, we gotta spend the next one. Gotta... Yeah, step one. Don't be atheist. Don't be degenerate. Don't be Muslim. Be Christian. Okay. After we all become Christian, well, then we can have our wars of religion over again. <laughs> but you yeah. know what? I rather a war. I, I'm being facetious. I don't think there'd be an actual war, but. I'd rather a war between traditional Catholics and traditional Orthodox and traditional Protestants because at least, at least it's they're all they're all shooting for the same team. It's, yeah. it, 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 I prefer that over fighting with the Muslims or atheists. Yeah, I think if we can get to the point where we're all Christian, that's that, that's the goal of the organization, and then after that we can all split into our war camps at that point. But it's definitely not coming anytime soon. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because then kind of leads me to my next question. Can you explain to my audience your take on strong versus weak Christians? 
strong Christians, uh, strong Christians are vocal and weak Christians are silent. I think that's what it comes down to. I don't think it has as much to do with how it's practiced because most Christians have a weak spot. We sin. We all sin. We have crosses to carry. Now, if you decide to, uh, if you're a, a quiet Christian, especially somebody that wants to be one of those people that, uh, well, I personally wouldn't do it. But if that person over there wants to do it, then that's fine. Well, I consider that weak because you, there's a disconnect between you and the severity of what you're talking about. Which leads me to believe there's some tolerance of it. Which also leads me to believe that you uh, don't think that these things are as serious as they actually are. Things like abortion, for example, is probably the most evident one that's around. But vocal Christians, I'm, I'm, I'm a very, very, very vocal Catholic. Uh, I, I, whether, see, the thing about me is that it's not hypocritical to say something along the lines of, this is truth, this is what I believe. If I don't meet that standard all the time, that's not because I don't believe in that standard. It's because I'm weak or I made a mistake. That's why we go to confession. That's why that's there. That's why we have the sacrament of confession and reconciliation, all of that. Of course, you need to be surrounded by people that will uh, help you avoid that. And that's kind of what part of fraternity and family is, is having that network of people that when, you know, when you start going down the wrong path and you have people there to pull you out. But, um, a, weak, a weak Christian is, is a quiet Christian. Strong Catholic is a vocal, or um, Christian. A strong a weak Christian is one that's quiet. A strong Christian is one that's vocal. And uh, vocal when the time permits. Not that you're going to walk outside and just yell at people. You know, not like... Uh, <laughs> like yeah, you street evangelist yeah, with a megaphone yeah, on just, the street corner. <laughs> yeah, just walking around like, you're going to burn! Man! It's like, yeah, that, that's, not, that's not strength. I think that's a form of weakness, too. I think that's almost like overcompensating. Yeah. But uh, that's that's kind of what my take is on the fly. You know, if I had more time to think of an answer, I'd, I'd find something else. But yeah. uh, that's kind of off the top of my head. If I was asked, well, what's the difference between a strong and a weak Christian from what I've seen out of people? I would definitely say that the strong Christians aren't afraid of saying exactly what they believe, no matter what the venue is, even if people are uh, opposed to them. And weak Christians will... They'll go with the flow. They'll interact with people they don't agree with morally, but they don't want to rock the boat. And I, I find that weak because it, it, it opens you up to a lot of things. And it's also, also disrespectful to the people that you're with. I'd rather lose a friend because I told them, and I, I've had this happen, and uh, I could tell you, you know, off stream uh, stuff that I've, 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 I've had about that. But just <laughs> there's, there's people out there where you'll, you'll, lose, you'll lose friends over it. But it's yep. better to tell somebody they're wrong, and you're morally wrong in this regard, and this is why, and this is how it's going to be, and then ultimately lose lose friendships over that, and then later on they're like, oh, you were actually right. Yeah. And look, I actually made an impact on these people, rather than if I just let somebody go doing what they were doing. And maybe nobody in their life will ever tell them that, yeah. that what they're doing is wrong. Well, and that's uh, real love. You, like that yeah, is real you love be that is one... correcting their behavior. Like I don't want to see you burn in hell. I'm going to not just be nice and play to your feelings and emotions just to keep you around. I'm going to tell you the truth that you need to hear 
that's going to correct you and lead you to salvation. You know, right. and if you don't, and, if <laughs> and you, you have to advice, be willing to do that, advice. you have to be willing to lose family and friends. Like I've lost family and friends in the last two years because I've just refused to like stop pandering to their feelings and making them feel good. It's like I love you. I want to see you not suffer and die, like here and in eternity. And you have to just be willing to do that and suffer the slings and arrows that will come, you know. And it's not, and and just so that people know if they're listening, you know, that doesn't mean if you have a family member that's gay or something like that, that every single holiday you're gonna be like, "You're still a faggot, Jimmy. You're going to hell." <laughs> no, that, that, yeah. that's not what you do. Look, just because that person has, I, I have a, I have a very close friend that I went to high school with. He came out as gay in like eleventh grade, right? I'm still friends with the guy. I'm still cordial with him. If he, you know, is having issues in his life and he wants to go talk about it, I'll go out and eat with him and I'll chat with him. And, you know, we still keep up the date. But if something comes up in particular about that particular aspect of his life, I'm going to say, look, you know exactly what I think about that. I know exactly why that's wrong. I can show you in your life what's going wrong because of that. And I, I, I'm not going to back down on that particular topic. If you need help, this is where you can find it. And you can have a cordial relationship with somebody that is in a situation like that because you might be the only voice of reason there. That doesn't mean you break off relationships with people yeah. because they're doing something wrong. But it means that if this topic comes up, this was an issue with a family member of mine. She divorced, um, she divorced her husband. She remarried. As a Catholic, I do not believe that without an annulment from the church, you do not get remarried. That's considered adultery because uh, you're still married to the other person. It's an illegitimate marriage. I was invited to the wedding. You can imagine I refused. Doesn't mean the person's not my aunt. Doesn't mean the person's, you know, not somebody I care about and love. But I will not uh, celebrate or show any form of uh acceptance of what you're doing you're asking me to come and celebrate an illegitimate wedding i will not do it and the vitriol that i got from people over that was brutal they all got over it eventually but it's so many people say uh oh don't push your beliefs onto me until you practice your beliefs and watch how fast they'll try to push their beliefs onto you yeah well yeah I mean, that's that crucial concept. I was trying to look up the precise quote, but I heard just someone precisely say it the other day um, that Jesus sat with sinners. He didn't sin with them, right? Yes. Like Jesus sat perfect. down and I've heard people say like, yeah, well, yeah, Jesus ate with uh, prostitutes as if like, oh yeah, like let, let, let me just, you know, let me, let me sin. Or like Jesus was condoning of sin. It's like, no, he sat down to correct their behavior. He loved them. Right. <laughs> he came and he wanted, he loved them so much that he wanted to correct their behavior. He did not want to see them continue sinning and suffering and dying. You know, he sat down right. to show them compassion and love and to correct them, to give them the logos that they're missing, the truth of their God that they're missing. You know, it's just this crucial right. difference and that gets misconstrued where, oh, yeah, Jesus was cool with prostitution, man, whatever. Leave oh, me alone. <laughs> Let me do my OnlyFans account. It's like, no. <laughs> I'm also not going to run away <laughs> yeah. and I'm not going to also run away. I'm going to sit with you and try to help, help, help you see the light, you know, but see, I, we might disagree on this. Cause, and this is my next question for you. Uh, cause I think this is my, this might be the line where we disagree, but do you mm -hmm. believe that sin can be regulated? 
so governmentally yeah like just and see this is why i think we disagree maybe because i don't think like i think our battle is spiritual right and i think that not everyone is going to join us and we have to kind of be willing to just let some people not choose our path and we have to just let people choose to be wicked and evil <laughs> and almost just be there with open arms waiting for them to return when they finally realize or they finally have reached rock bottom and they're trying to correct themselves uh we have to let ourselves be known to be there like uh the, the, the father of the prodigal, prodigal son you know always be willing and waiting to slaughter the fattened calf when the when the when the sinner returns home but see i don't think that we can regulate sin i almost think that we do have to just let some people go out there and suffer until they choose well, to come back think, and then you, you are there ready the for whole, them when they do choose to come back think about it the whole point of government is to regulate sin in some way yeah so that, and so that's murder. my that is my question exactly right. is like is like do you think that like 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 as a christian nationalist like i think of myself as a christian nationalist but i don't think that we should impose christianity on people with laws so this is too, i think that people should choose christianity yeah now, i i i practically agree with you and philosophically disagree with you yeah i practically <laughs> agree with yeah. you in the sense that so this i think the best place that this um manifests itself is with abortion uh, a lot of people out there want to make abortion illegal outright right they they, they they want to make abortion illegal outright and this is going to solve the problem we're going to overturn roe v wade and then everything's just going to go back to hunky-dory so this is where i disagree with them i would love for abortion to be illegal however i'm practical in the sense that i realize that if society does not change and just because we managed to squeeze a couple Supreme Court justices in here, and we tweaked some laws over here, and we got a couple congressmen and senators on board over here, and we just barely managed by the skin of our teeth to overturn Roe v. Wade, give it 10 years, give it 20 years, because another generation of people that are going to be more degenerate than the last one are going to come back and they're going to reverse it. Yeah. So it, 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 it's, a, it's a pirate victory. You, you didn't really win anything. You won for 10 years, and then the next generation is going to reverse it. So I agree on the concept that in order to change laws realistically and to fix society, I guess you could say, you need to start from the bottom socially. People need to change their hearts and minds before yeah. you can go up to the legal part and change laws. However, I do believe that once society gets to that point, you do go up and you change laws. And it depends on what the laws are. You know, We could <clears throat> go law by law, because in some instances, not something the govern. I, I don't think the government needs to be kicking people's doors down to stop fornicators and and you know what I mean. We're gonna like boot the doors down and drag all the gays off to Alaska. Like I I I don't believe in doing that. However, I believe that there are things that are already in place legally that allow those things to happen. So when it comes to divorce, for example, no fault divorce is bad. It's not good fact we have no fault divorce laws basically means that over one little scuffle uh people get divorced and destroy their families and there's no chance at reconciliation there's no attempts brought that's an example of a law where i would say look there, this needs to be looked at there this needs to be modified there needs to be more attempts to have the couple reconcile there has to be more attempts to say the government is going to say look this isn't something we're just going to break off willy-nilly and and just have yeah. you know the uh, uh the divorce comp the divorce industrial complex and it exists 
There's lawyers that do nothing but sit around all day and sign divorce papers. And I think that's kind of evil. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> yeah. that's evil that yeah. there are people around that are like, and it, it's not even like, yeah. it's not even like divorce papers where it's, like a somber occasion. They do it like a used car lot. Like, come on down, divorce season, two hundred dollars. Get your first divorce free. <laughs> and like, like they yeah. make they make a big they make a big profit out of it. I think in some instances it has to be looked at. Uh, another uh, example is usury. I really yeah. I, I I believe usury is a sin. That doesn't mean any interest is a sin, but I think uh, grounding somebody into poverty in America and forcing them to go to the store to buy their food with a credit card with a 35% interest rate, I think that's evil. I think there needs to be controls on interest rates because companies are able to uh, manipulate people that way. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me think of something else here. If you look up integralism, uh, it, it, it's very Catholic in nature, but there's a lot of Catholic political philosophies. But here's, here's the thing on that. I, I don't see it happening right now and I don't see it happening in the near future either. The idea of some sort of Christian political regime of some sort. Uh, the society needs to accept it. Yeah. Unless it comes to a point where things get so bad that you know there's actual fighting and then you're able to establish something, well that's one point, but it's not something you initiate. It's it's something that 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 comes to a head. But I, I, I believe the state plays a role in regulating people's behaviors and there, there's a limit there's a limit to practicality on what can be done like I said fornicators and homosexuality I don't think the government needs to go door to door like oh who'd you sleep with tonight and then they <laughs> boot the door down and they direct, are you using condoms in there and they, go, and they like smash through the window it's like the Vice Squad bashes through your window, rips your condom off, and they just watch you for the rest of the night. Like, you know, I don't expect anything like that. But I, I definitely think there should be situations where the government's like, you know what? I, I, well, I work for uh, a, a large health insurance company. I handle Medicaid. I, I handle Medicaid policies. And one of the things we cover, well, not only do we cover abortions, we also cover um, uh, sex change operations the government the government is doing that the state is saying i will pay I, that we will pay for this right. that's an example of the government uh something that we could change and instead of saying we will pay for sex changes or, or abortions in particular that, that's a better topic uh instead of incentivizing abortions maybe the government should incentivize um uh prenatal care or I always found it interesting. Uh, Medicaid, in my state anyways, in Pennsylvania, we will cover vasectomies. We will not cover the reversal of it. So they always call it, that the way wow. they call it in the office is they call it snip-snap surgeries, which is basically the idea that a vasectomy, you snip it, and or you, 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 you snip uh, the vas deferentis or whatever it is that they snip, and if you want to reverse it, they call it the snap. You put it back together. <laughs> Oh, state will cover the state. Will I'm in cover pain right now. <laughs> yeah, but the state covers the snip, but the state doesn't cover the snap. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, well, why is the government going to pay for the snip and they're not going to pay for the snap? What if somebody wants to reverse that? You already said you're going to pay for this person to basically make themselves infertile. You're not going to pay to make them fertile. It would be more beneficial for society for that person to have a family and children. 
it'd be more beneficial to the state that's more taxpayers. So why are you covering the snip and not the snap? Uh, it, there's, there's a lot, there's so many different things. And that's why I think it's a better idea to talk about the particular subjects. Cause I do, the, the, the idea of the government, I don't view the government as a boogeyman uh, entity. I don't view it as, as, a, as a savior either. I just see a government as some of its parts. It's, it's a collection of people that are representatives of other people that are in society and they, and they make rules. And I don't believe the government has a special role in, in certain situations. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's kind of like a subject-by-subject <laughs> subject basis. When I, I I used to be like an anarchist, like a li super libertarian kind of kid, and now that I'm just My condolences, I, I know, yeah, I've grown up. <laughs> <laughs> but there, I think there's this reality, especially as Christians, where God wants us to have separate nations, right? Like the Tower of Babel. Like hmm. when you try to unite everyone together into one kingdom <laughs> whether that be a physical tower trying to reach heaven on their own or like the un where it's like everyone's trying to bring this one world government supposedly into fruition um god will find a way of breaking it apart and destroying it and um like balkanizing like separating things into smaller little kingdoms and I think that's what's happening to america maybe in america i don't know like I think that might be happening, but just on the bigger world picture, like there needs to be nations with their own governments and their own kings. And they need to like have the people need to pretty much decide how that happens. You know, whether it's by force, whether it's some dictator set up by a military and everyone just kind of goes along with the military or whether it's some democracy where every vote matters or <laughs> whatever. It's just like, well, I think I, well, there's, there's, I, I despise there's different kingdoms that need to be day. established, you know? Um, and just the, like there's just a great quote like meme going around that's um the kings of earth will fail us but the king of kings never will and i think when you just view it like that like in that lens like yes there's kings and kingdoms and nations and yeah it's not ideal and yeah you can complain about this or that happening but when you just start to realize like it doesn't really matter <laughs> just kind of let the kings and the kingdoms have their thing give caesar what's caesar's you know like let let the let the state exist and change it where you can how you can and make it better but at the end of the day just put your faith and trust in the king of kings because that's kind of where, really where we need to be looking is like the spiritual upward look and not grounded here in like building utopia with laws and guns <laughs> and armies right I, I, I think there's one primary issue with that with that sentiment, and that's that. And again, this is something we would detract from because I'm a Catholic and you're a Christian. And again, when I when I talk about Catholic and Christian, I'm not speaking on behalf of the organization because we're not yeah. explicitly Catholic. We we are we are uh, a very crypto Catholic. <laughs> you know, we have we have Catholic views and we post Catholic things, but we're not an ex explicitly Catholic organization. So when I'm talking about Catholic versus Protestant or anything like that, I'm, I'm speaking personally. But um, see, I the issue with that sentiment is that if there is no authority, no Christian authority 
And when everyone, when when you say, "Oh, I'm looking to the King of Kings," and I say, "I'm looking to the King of Kings," and an Orthodox guy says, "I'm looking to the Kings of Kings," and a Jewish guy says, "I'm looking to the King of Kings," well, no, of course they're not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those guys actually uh, don't. No, they, yeah, they actually don't. But, they like know, specifically when, don't look at the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, they're still waiting on their King of Kings, you know. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, there's... Now, if all these various Christian sects say they're looking at the King of Kings, we all actually mean something different by it. So I, uh, as a Catholic, if I say that, I'm, I'm seeing this through a totally different lens than a, than a Protestant is seeing. I, uh, like, like my idea of, of Christ's teachings, although pretty, pretty concrete uh, for most people, there's certain core elements that are going to be missing between each group and that's where we have a bit of a, a a bit of a problem and that's why i believe the state has a little more of a role than you're saying only because there still needs to be a, a an auditor a, a moderator of some sort if we leave it to everybody then you don't have consistency you don't have anything coherent you get what america is right now which is a thunderdome <laughs> America's just anybody and everybody for themselves. Every every religion, every race, every culture, everybody's just smashing together into one country to make money. That that that's what America has become, and because we have no coherent identity, no coherent uh, culture, no coherent religion above all, uh, is we end up having a. a, 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 a am, am I allowed to say curse words? Yep. Sorry, what? Yeah, I I have yeah. chosen to stop using curse words, but you are free to use curse words. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm just using bastardized. I'm just using yeah. bastardized. No, no, yeah. no, you're good. America, I, I always ask ahead of time because I know I, I don't like cursing yeah. either, and I don't I don't that. allow cursing on my I don't allow cursing on my Christian live streams either. But from time to time, it's an appropriate word. Yeah, you're fine. You, you can fine. hear it. We had a live stream a while back where somebody dropped the f bomb, and like everybody verbally scowled at it. It was a gas. The, the gas yeah, everyone the was like no, i'm not a christian minecraft server don't tell your grandmother but um well do you do you think that democracy has failed yes yes i do yeah. and that would be something the organization stands on as well uh, do you think that's inevitable or do you think it's just in our like in, in our culture in our society we've kind of evolved or devolved into or do you think it's inevitable that democracy will fail? No. Liberal democracy will. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, democracy where... So this is, this is the biggest issue that I have with democracy. I'm not opposed to the broad concept of uh, 10 people come together in a room and they say, oh, I vote on this, I vote on that, six say this, five say that, and they, they go with, well, that's not 10, is it? Six and four. <laughs> and, I was gonna and, let um, you roll with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, six and four. Uh, you know, six say yes, four say no, and then they go with the one. I'm not saying that that idea is not good, in in some way, and that, and that the only way anything can be run is through some strong man, uh, uh, just slamming his fist down and his will is gold. Like I, I, I don't mean it so much as that. My issue uh, with America, uh, with the, the, the way we have democracy in America in particular, is primarily this. Uh, was it Socrates or was it Aristotle? Don't remember. Might have been Aristotle. No, it was Socrates. 
I don't remember. Somebody will probably correct me. Hmm. But uh, uh, there was a, a, a guy, a, a Greek philosopher, that uh, talked about democracy, and he put it like this. If you're on a galley on your way to some Greek island, uh, and, and you hit the storm, and everybody's in the captain's room, and they're all deciding on how they're going to go through the storm, uh, and in that room you have merchants, and you have uh, peasants, and... Uh, you know, all, all, all kinds of people in there, people that have specialties in all these different areas, and three of them in there are ship captains. They're former ship captains, or they are the ship captain. They know how nautical navigation works. Uh, out of everybody in that room, there's like maybe ten of them, but out of all of them, only three of them actually understand how seafaring works. So if all of the people that don't understand seafaring end up voting on one course of action, but the three seafaring people know for a fact that that is not going to work, then there is that that's that's the conundrum. Uh, obviously, I would say uh, so. Who is best in sh best suited to handle where the ship is going to go? Well, the people that understand how a ship works. So even though six guys might want to do this, uh, the three guys over here, and again, I'm probably screw. I, I know I'm screwing the numbers every time I say it. <laughs> but if there's six guys over here and there's three guys over there that actually understand how a ship works, the three people who know how the ship works are the ones that, that should ultimately be taking the helm. And if they want to have a vote amongst themselves on how to do it, that's one thing. Think about democracy in literally any situation other than government. If you're in a doctor's office and, and they're going to operate on you, you know, you're like in a vegetative state and, and you can hear them, but, but you can't move, you're, you're paralyzed. And you have like three doctors in there, and they're all discussing how they're going to uh, uh, cure you. And there's like, like, then like two janitors come in, and they're they overheard the conversation, and you know some other people come in, and some people are just strolling off the street, and they're all talking about what they're going to do to help you. And the three doctors all agree, yes, no, this particular surgery is exactly what we need to do. And the other the other people that are in there are like, no, nah, I think we should do this. Well, I mean. Who, who would you want choosing what your surgery is going to be? <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you would, you would want the surgeon to do it. So why do we, I don't understand why we do this with government. I'm not saying nobody should be allowed to vote, but there should be a criteria. I think, I, I think we need to have a, a democracy of educated individuals and people that have proven that they have an understanding of what they're voting on. Uh, people that, that have shown that they have some sort of skin in the game you know whether they're, they're they're business owners or property owners, they have large families, uh, something something at all. Military veterans, people that volunteer, I don't like something to show they have skin in the game, to show that they understand what they're talking about. Because this 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 democracy, just everybody and anybody votes whenever they want. Or, you know anybody and everybody that breathes over the age of 18 can vote. We le it leads to demagoguery, and that's how we end up having people like Trump, even though I like Trump. That's how we end up having people like Kamala Harris or Joe Biden, because it's a popularity contest. And I don't yeah. think democracy should work that way, if it works at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what about, like, landowners? What if landowners are the only people who vote? Would that be the skin in the game you're kind of referring to? See, see, I don't I've heard, think I've heard just taxpayers only, and I've heard landowners only. Um, I don't think taxpayer works. But that would... because you pay taxes doesn't mean you should doesn't mean you understand anything. 
Yeah. But that would be like, that would be at least be some kind of line you would draw between who's like feeding off of the system and who's feeding into the system. And like landowners, like, like I agree more with landowners than I would just, just black and white mm. taxpayer or not, because you would actually, you would have skin in the game. Like you would, and I actually think too, like families, like you might need to be like a landowning family, you know, like you have to have investment in the land and in the future of the country. Um, I just don't see how like people from other countries can come here and just start like telling us what to do or people who don't really care about their future. Like they're, you know, they're 50 years old. They have no kids. They're just, when they die, they're dead. You know, they'll have a few cats left over in their apartment or something. But I just don't see how those people should be dictating like our laws. I think people that, like you said, that, that phrase skin in the game, those somehow you need to, you need to categorize that and let those people vote because those people actually have skin in the game and need to invest in the future of this country. I like the idea of um, if I could pick criteria for people that I would want to vote, I would say, number one, everybody should have to pass at least some sort of basic civic test. It's weird to say, but people that are naturalized immigrants in this country have technically had a higher criteria to vote than any actual American. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I'm not saying all immigrants, black and white. I've I've worked with immigrants when I used to live in San Diego, and some of them are like, honestly, more patriotic than you know, some boomers I've met, (laughs) you know, that just care about getting on their boats and going on vacations. Like I know immigrant families that are like strong Catholics, like strong Christians, and they have families and they want to come here. They want to work. They love America because they're escaping someplace that was horrible. You know, it's like these people from these African refugees that are escaping civil wars. They come to America and they kiss the ground and they're so thankful for the opportunity to be here. You know, they obey the laws. They love that there's laws and order, you know, law and order. Um, so it's not like a black and white thing, but I mean, there's just too many people in this country right now and coming into this country that don't care. Like they don't care about what this country is or what the future of it is. You know, they just care about themselves and their temporary life, their hedonistic lifestyle. Um, and they want to like build utopia, even though they don't really have a reason to build utopia (laughs) other than their own little selfish temporary desires. Yeah, I, I mean, if I could choose the people that would want, that, that I think should vote, I think everybody should be able should be able to pass a basic civics test of some sort. A couple yeah. dozen questions of how the government runs, how do you pass a bill, things you should understand if you're voting for legislator uh, for legislature, right? Like simple stuff, simple stuff that really a high school student should understand, but most Americans actually don't. I think that should be the fact that anybody should have to sit down and like, hmm, I want to vote. This is an educated decision for me. Maybe I should research what I'm about to do. Like, 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 I'm. Come on, guys. It's bare minimum is what I'm asking for here. I could be so much worse. I get that somebody might have to sit down and mull over something for 20 minutes before they go and vote for the strongest person on the face of the planet uh, that that has a charge of all the nuclear weapons and your pocketbook and everything. Uh, mm, Spend 20 minutes to research what exactly it is, they, how, how would they even do what they do? But I think you should be able to pass some sort of test. Should uh, Military service should be automatic guarantee that you're able to vote. It's almost like Roman-esque. You, know, you, you put your time in. You get the, you get the opportunity to uh, uh, vote on our leadership because you, you showed that you are, are uh, uh, dedicated to this country. 
Uh, I think even volunteer, because not everybody can be in the military, not everybody wants to be in the military. If there's some sort of volunteer organizations, I think we should bring back like civic civic yeah. project groups or something like that. I don't care if they're digging, well, I do care if they're digging ditches because they should be doing something productive. But if <laughs> there was organizations where people were volunteering their time just to make their cities and communities better, and, it yeah. was, and, and, and that was logged and registered. Okay, this person cares about his country, cares about his community. This person who was able to pass the test, he should be able to vote, uh, vote too. Uh, certain professions, maybe doctors or nurses, uh, uh, you, you, you know, you kind of get the gist of what I'm getting at. I'm, I'm sure, you know, yeah. people that at least show some sort of, again, skin in the game, that, that they're actually uh, a, a critical element of of society. Uh, if you have a family over a certain size, there's, just, there's so many different things that, that you could say. But I, I just don't like the idea that, that the guy that sits in his public housing smoke. Oh, I'm gonna sound like a uh, like a hardcore capitalist libertarian now. Uh, the, the 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 guy sitting in his public housing smoking weed, playing Grand Theft Auto Five, you know, and that's all he does ever. The idea that he's able to walk into a voting booth and cast the same vote as me, I think, is just disrespectful to the whole electoral process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, before I get, yeah, get on to my next question, based Thomas says that's Plato. I think that I'm referring it to is the Plato. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my boy Phoenix Bear, shout out to Phoenix Bear in the chat, says, uh, do not join the military. I served for eight years, over eight years, and I always try to talk people out of it. It's not what it's supposed to be. I think that's true too. The concept is, is, uh, is pure, is good. <laughs> but our military has kind of become something that's like gross. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's very social justice warrior, very, uh, I don't know. Not I, I as it think should it's, be <laughs> in its, it's current service, state. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, some form, it's some form of service to the state, though, yeah. in some way. So, yeah, yeah. the general idea is that. That's why I don't yeah. like the idea of the military being yeah. the only way that you could get it either because yeah. of that particular reason. But. Well, and do you think that we would be better off in America as a republic as we are because we, we're talking about democracy but right we're not actually mm. technically a democracy we are a constitutional oh. republic but oh. do you think uh, I would eh. say we are because it's I mean, we're a direct democracy at every level of government except that's for a whole president yeah. yeah well there's some states that are a little different but right i mean the the philosophy is democracy we have demo, a democratic system of electing our representative uh <laughs> What we're describing is more of a republic than what we have. But do you think that the that do you think that America would be better off going forward with this republic concept, this democratic republic concept, or a monarchy? Mm. Oh man, those are two they're so two horrible horrible <laughs> Do you not like the the idea of a monarchy in America? I, I like the idea of monarchism in general, but monarchism ha needs a lot of other prequisites. In order like to, a, to work like a constitution like do you think a constitutional oh, monarchy would work i don't even think so much is legalistic i i mean uh, kings and, and and things of that nature kings and queens a coherent culture you no know, with, with with a historical standing i'm thinking of like the emperor of japan right or the king of thailand uh the thai king of the thais king uh, emperor of the japanese it would be so difficult to have a monarch to accurately represent all Americans. You couldn't do it. You, you, would, you wouldn't be able to find a figure that can do it. So we're kind of, America, if it wishes to stay in the current geographic uh, 
you know, boundaries that it currently has, uh, you know, unless we broke off and then we got like King of the Alabamans or something like that. that maybe <laughs> a little more culturally yeah. homogenous. I call King of Appalachia. King of Appalachia, yeah, and he's in like he's in like a trailer on gold blocks. (laughs) Gold blocks sitting on a gold toilet. Yeah. Yes. You're opposed to that. I got horsepower. Yeah, but You're actually um, opposed to that. Uh uh, yeah. So um oh oh that no, 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 no. I I definitely moved to the King of Appalachia domain. Um but because we don't have a coherent religion, because we don't have a coherent culture, because we're so large, we couldn't yeah. really manage a monarchy in this country. Now, if we're talking about another country that, are, that number one, has a historical monarchy already, coherent religion, coherent culture, homogenous racial population, people that you know would accept, they can look and seek. In order to have a monarch, you have to have a population of people that like recognize him as one of them. Yeah. And it would be so difficult to do that in America. Like the I think, actual leader of the tribe and not just some guy yeah. that's in power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not just like, like some dude that's the king now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like yeah. anyone could put a crown on their head. You have to like actually be respected by the tribe as the leader. That's kind of the difference. Yeah. yeah. And it's not something we could have in America. And, and I think we would be better off modifying our electoral process and republic significantly. Yeah. I think that would be definitely our best bet going forward is that we need serious, serious electoral reform. Yeah. Uh, controlling, and I say controlling in the sense of you know, moderating our elections a little more, uh, the people that are allowed to vote in it, having a more intellectual republic. But unfortunately, I think America's going to keep America's not going to change any of those things, and it's just going to yeah. get worse. And it only it only helps liberals because, yeah. Even look at the electoral map from the last election; it's insane. It, it it's a rural urban split, and the more population there is, the electoral college was supposed to protect from like regional power, right? The northeast uh, it was all about regionalism then, so. The Northeast was different than the people in the South, and the people in the South were different than the people, you know, maybe on the frontier. And the idea was you had to go and, you know, get votes from all of those different kinds of people. Now we don't have those regional divides as much anymore. Now it's an urban-rural split across the country. The culture's pretty coherent, urban and rural. And uh, even even with the Electoral College, we're going to come into a direct democracy situation where just because the, we get outvoted by the get outvoted by the cities we're not going to see a republican president ever again not that i'm particularly fond of the republicans either but yeah <laughs> I was saying, we, we need yeah. to almost make a christian party because the republicans have completely like the neocon mentality that like you mm-hmm. know libertarian republican or whatever they're not conservative right they're republicans yeah. but they're not conservative they pretend to be for argument's sake or just to trick the boomers into donating money and voting for them but yeah there's like definitely i mean the thing i'm seeing the the, the way i phrase it is there's the children of god and the children of the lie right and the children of the lie it's mostly blue it's mostly democrat like the children of the lie will mostly vote blue but they'll vote for people like dan crenshaw also like if there's a Republican that they know is weak, they'll vote for that guy to give the appearance that 
like to people like us, like actual Christians and actual conservatives, um, will go, well, at least he's not blue. Even though he actually really is being voted in and kind of on the team that is the children of the lie, like the evil side, the wicked side, the Satan side, whatever, however you want to classify that. And I think we, in our minds, we've just really been like blue, right, blue, right. But there is this thing happening where the children of the lie are creeping into the Republican Party. And at some point we have to just pull out, even if we have to sacrifice a few elections we almost have to go make our own political party and start building it up because we're and slowly being taken over by the children of a lie. Even though it's red colored, it's still not good. It's not our side. It's not the children of God, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, kind of, you know, bringing everything back full center that the whole idea, because I think I mentioned this way back in the beginning when we first started uh, with the new Columbia movement is that we do need a political alternative. We're not going to get it. We're not going to get it now. We're not going to get it in another generation. It's going to take a few generations to get to a point where the country is primed for something like that. That's why right now, rather than people going in like, oh, we need a political alternative. Well, unless you plan on changing the the, the left-right dichotomy in this country and thinking you're going to run candidates and things of that nature and we're going to have religious infighting if we even try it, it's it's not going to work. Right now, we need to hunker down and be like the cockroaches I was talking about. We need yeah. to let the degenerates let the degenerates run their uh, uh, run their course. Obviously, if we can save a couple of them, then then we do that. But let them run their course because they're not going to have that many kids, and if they do have any kids, they're not going to be that well adjusted. Our job right now is to hunker down, support one another, grow large families, or support people that are able to do it, or in general. And as we move forward, we will slowly but surely make fertile ground for a political alternative. But I don't think that's going to be, um, it's not going to be our generation's fight. I think that's going to be the future generation's fight. Uh, I think right now our job is to set the groundwork for what will later generations down the road breed what we're looking for. But right now our job is to, uh, get out the fertilizer for them right now. <laughs> yeah, start tilling the land. Replenish right. the soil with nutrients and uh, nitrogen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and something about blood of the tyrants will yeah. nurture the land. Yeah, yeah, and something Replenish like that. the tree of liberty, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, something, uh, something blood of tyrants. Phoenix in the chat <laughs> says, purple is the color of God. How about the purple party? And I kind of see that, like, do you think that we could make, let's say theoretically I start a political party or the new Columbia movement starts a political party and, (laughs) or we're just kind of part of something that is this movement where Christians, just Christians, just Bible believing, Jesus worshiping Christians got together despite their denominations and made a political party in America do you think it would be successful and do you think that it would like work? Like, do you think there would be too much infighting? Like if you had Catholics and Protestants and Orthodox, I have never even Mormons. Like if you just had Christians making a purple party. Mormons aren't Christians. Well, right. But see, that's what I'm saying is like, like, there would be infighting, but don't you think that it would just be better to have a, what he says in the chat, quote unquote, purple party, which is just like, look, we all have so many differences, like Mormons, Catholics, Orthodox, 
Baptist. I, I will say you know, I I do not I I do not put Mormons in the category of Christian. Right. Okay. But I mean, like, just yeah. even with or without, but like, just that, like, where could you yeah. put a bunch of different denominations together and make a Christian political party? Do you think that would work, or do you think it would be I too believe, much infighting? I believe that I know exactly what would happen. Uh, there would be two religious parties. There would be a, a Catholic political party and a Christian political party, and they would take their respective areas. Uh, Catholics would like be more centered around level. cities and, and the Northeast, you know, where Catholics are, are majority. Protestants would get more areas in the South. Uh, I've been in too many political, political, again, we're not a political organization. We're more uh, of a social fraternity. That's why uh, the, the religious dis, um, disagreements are a little more subdued, but uh, politically, I know most traditional Catholics would not vote for a Protestant party, and most hardcore Protestants I know would not vote for Catholics. I yeah. think that that divide is very, very deep among people that would be interested in this sort of thing. So I think if there was any political movements at all, I'm pretty sure Protestants would have their own thing and Catholics would have their own thing. What about, um, so do you think that Christian nationalism will work in America? Or do you think that- Generations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just reset, hit the reset button. Yeah, if, if I mean, it's it's possible. We can get it, we can't get it right now. And, and we're not gonna get it in our lifetime either. We might not even get it in our kids' lifetime. It's, it's just so entrenched right now. We really need we, we need to fight the culture war right now before we do anything else. Christian nationalism can work in America. We have enough, you know, we could cobble together enough Christian identity from our, our history to do it, but it's 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 an uphill battle and we're definitely not gonna get it this time around. Uh, I, I know it's it's far more fiery in other countries. It tends to be Catholics, uh, in Poland in particular. Uh, the Catholics and the Orthodox tend to be very, very, uh, have um, pretty uh, robust political uh, parties and entities in other countries. Uh, Protestants, I know they tend to hold like, like unity parties of sorts, like in, in parliaments. Like Canada and the UK always have like a Christian front type party. And Catholics sometimes end up falling in line under them because Protestants are the majority. Um, yeah, not in America, it's going to take a lot of work because of how affected we are and how, how much work needs to be done. Other countries like Poland, they might be closer to it. They just declared Christ as King. Yeah. It's pretty base. <laughs> yeah. Poland gets it, man. Poland. And, that's, the, that's that concept, man. How, how persecuted has Poland been in the last 150 years? Even up, even, oh, right. even back until the initial um wars i don't i forget exactly what it was called but when peter the mm. second i think of russia made poland after that big war mm. um with you know after the napoleon fallout and everything um ever since then they've just been a persecuted people just constantly invaded constantly taken over liberated taken over liberated and so i think they're used to it at this point it's just in their genes to just fight off nonsense you know <laughs> Yeah, they and, haven't and been comfortable. Really... They haven't been spoiled by the comforts of Earth. You know, they have looked up mm -hmm. and trusted in God. And at this point, like when the people of Earth come and say, 
you need to hang your pride flags out and let people have abortions. They're like, no, <laughs> no, we're done. You know, it's like they've built up that tolerance to like earthly threats over the years. America is, America is, I, I, I love my country, but America is such a sheltered nation. Yeah. It's never had to, not in the, the last, and well, there'll be somebody like, oh, I've had hardships. Your hardships don't equate to some of these other people's hardships. Yeah. All right, stop, yeah. stop. I understand. Yeah, your, your life isn't perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. Right? You could have the saddest, sad story that you want to give me. I'm not going to detract or I'm not going to retract my position that America has been a very cushy country for a very, very long time. We have not had to deal with very serious um, foreign interventions. Even throughout all of World War II, think about it. Europe was a pile of burning trash at the end of world war ii large yeah. swaths of asia was a giant pile of you know curry smelling trash at the end of world war ii yeah. and america was the only country standing the only reason that well we would have been powerful regardless but one of the main reasons america's a world power right now is because out of all the countries that existed that were world powers at the beginning of world war ii we were the only ones that didn't get destroyed yeah uh, um, we've been fairly relatively politically stable for most of our history, save the Civil War. Uh, we've, we've, we've been economically pretty stable. Even the Great Depression in America wasn't as bad as it was in other countries. Uh, they, America might need to get knocked around a little bit before people start to wake up. And that's why I agree with yeah. what you said earlier in this uh, uh, stream, where, you know what, I, I don't mind. I, I would like Trump to win because it gives us more time to prep, gives us yeah. a little more ground. Yeah. But uh, if Biden wins, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I think it's going to be the wake-up call some people need when the yeah. copium mask finally comes off and they see the real world <laughs> around them. Yeah, and they'll 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 realize what's really going on, and and they'll realize the GOP is not their friend. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like Trump is better for me. He's better for people oh. in general, but it's temporary. And I think you're right. Like we need. We need pushback. We need a wake-up call. And I think too many people are looking at Trump as like a savior and crossing yes. that line of being like false idol. And I think we need to not have that. And if it, it takes him not being in power, <laughs> like if, if we can't just like let people come to that conclusion on their own while he's in power, you know, at least like remove it from power and take away that like line that's being crossed right now of like, he will save us. No. Jesus will save you. <laughs> mm. This guy is just better for you temporarily, you know, until the end. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that I, line I definitely agree. That line's being blurred right now, so it might be better for us not to even have it. <laughs> That's another argument to be had. Like, do you do you just run away? Do you destroy the temptation, or do you leave the temptation to build up a tolerance and like um, a strength against it? I don't believe in leading anyone to temptation in that regard or or you know i don't want it to happen to people but if that's what's happening just let it happen just i mean there's no yeah. way for us to stop it no way for us to realistically stop it so just acknowledging the fact that this is on its way and that just for with the new columbia movement me me and sk have been talking about this for weeks or well, weeks before uh, before the election months before the election we we're like we have two ways this organization can go on the left we have uh you know we we can we can you know putz around for another uh four years 
right? And, you know, build, connect, and then after that, get more serious, uh, you know, time to grow and prosper and such, because we'll be on, you know, relatively friendly turf with Trump. Uh, but if Biden wins, well, then we need to get more serious. And really just seeing what's happening now, we're just like, all right, well, looks like Biden won. Looks like uh, what we thought was going to happen is a lot closer. Yeah. A lot closer than we thought it was. So it's time for us to get more serious now. And that's why we're trying to reach out, find new members, uh, try to gather everybody together that we can so that we can start creating something real, especially mm -hmm. something yeah. off the Internet. Something off yeah. the internet is so crucial because yeah. so so many people get sucked up into these things on the internet, and and it goes nowhere. It's just spinning your wheels. It, there's no real life activity. If you get you got it, you got to get people out into their communities, being public and open. Because if you don't know how to handle it now, then when you experience it by yourself, it's going to be rough. I've been politically active most of my life. So I've dealt with, you know, rad, you know, rabid liberals in my face, like, oh, you just want women, uh, you know, barefoot, pregnant, chained to the radiator. <laughs> I've, I've, had these, I've had these people in my face before. They don't really phase me. I know what yeah. I phases other people. And you're going to start dealing with these people in your day to day life pretty soon if you want to be openly a strong Christian. Yeah as we discussed before. So, oh, yeah, definitely you need to find you need to find people that are going to be able to help you get through that and you know armor up a little bit put the armor of god on because absolutely yeah the, nuclear, the, <laughs> absolutely. the nuke is coming and we gotta be the cockroaches <laughs> absolutely i love that um well yeah one of my we'll start getting to some of my final questions but um one of them mm -hmm. is how do we fight the spiritual battle how do we fight like, the like, how do we as young men in America today fight the spiritual battle going forward? Now, I'm, now, as a Catholic, the first thing I'm going to say is pray your rosary. I know not yeah. everybody's going to uh, resonate with that. Uh, <laughs> as, far, as, as far as the Catholics that are out there, I'm dead serious, though. Fighting the spiritual battle starts with praying your rosary. Uh, that, that, that weapon was given to us. It was given to us by by our our mother, and well, again, I I can hear slight Protestant reeing in the background. Uh, <laughs> yeah. this, this, this was a distance. Yes, groans, David. Jeez, no, um, this is a weapon that was given to us, and it is our job to pray it. And yes, that is that is a a spiritual weapon that we we have to wield. Yeah. Uh, as far as those uh, Christians that are not Catholic uh, and things that Catholics can do other than praying your rosary, uh, you need to be vocal in your social life. You need to get involved with organizations that are Christian-based, pro-life organizations. Uh, if you're a Catholic, Knights of Columbus. Knights of Columbus needs a massive influx of rad cats. We need, we need rad trad cats in the Knights of Columbus to uh, look. Sad as it is to say, the boomers in the Knights of Columbus are dying off. We have a perfect opportunity to just like ratify or like 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 totally radicalize the Knights of Columbus. Do it. Like you can go join your Knights of Columbus and become the like you and five of your friends go join your local Knights of Columbus council and you'll be grand knight at the end of the week because there's literally no one else in the <laughs> Just like yeah. three old guys flipping burgers. And not to say they're bad. You know, they 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 help their church, they help their parish. 
but it's just three old guys flipping burgers, you know, for a cookout. You and five of your guys come in, wait, wait, wait until the council elections and you sweep every out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do okay. it. Do it. I, you guys need to do it. You need to get out into the real world. You need to start uh, being open and public and finding ways to actually enact the changes that you want. If you are a strong pro-life individual, why are you not volunteering with a pro-life organization? you yeah. are a catholic why are you not a knight of columbus if you and again setting up this is something that i understand needs a little more organization but we need to demonstrate publicly uh, outside of planned parenthoods uh, my grandmother did a prayer rosary or a prayer rally rosary rally outside of our local planned parenthood for almost a decade closed now she did that every single week or every every weekend give or take give or take rain and snow she did that every weekend with a handful of other people for years. She was outside of that Planned Parenthood. And it did eventually close. And they stopped people from going in. That's something you guys can do as well. You'll get some people to crap talk you. You'll get some people to insult you. I'm on the sidewalk. This is a public place. Ave Maria. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you just go about, and you just go about what you're doing. You need to start doing all of that. So number one, if you're a Catholic, pray your rosary. That's our weapon. Uh, number two, if, if join your Knights of Columbus, join your local, if you're a Catholic, if you are not Catholic, or even if you are Catholic, go join local pro-life organizations. I think pro-life organizations are probably the best ones because it has the most impact. You know, food kitchens, maybe something secular that is still charitable. You should get into these uh, organizations. And then, oh, and then after all of that, be vocal in your social life. If you see yeah. that you have degenerate friends, don't have to go and you know you don't have to strap them to a chair and 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 you know like, like go all inquisition on them you don't have to do that but if you if you're out with your friends and you see that one of your friends is saying or doing something that that that's just immoral be the be the awkward one in the group that speaks up about it because i'll yeah. tell you what they might scoff at you while they're do while you know they're with their buddy i used to have a friend he used to say some really raunchy stuff about women and uh I, I mean, look, I, I was an 18-year-old kid, too. So I would be like, oh, yeah, no, she got the nice butt. But then the thing is, it, it would turn from that to like, oh, you know what I do to her? And I'm like, all right, let's 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 not get <laughs> let's not get carried away here. This is another human being. We should not be speaking about another individual yeah. like that. Yeah. The thing is, I was with another friend that believed the same as I did. And the thing is, we both basically told this guy, uh, settle down. You know, this isn't right. And that had that that had an impact on him after a lot of other stuff. Great yeah. story, out for air, but yeah. um, it had it had an impact on people. Uh, so yeah, pray to rosary, join local organizations, be vocal in your uh, personal life, and join the New Columbia movement and give us money. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm kidding, absolutely, I'm kidding, but do join us. <laughs> um, yeah, and. Um, do you believe in homesteading? Like, are you an advocate for like homesteading, like farming, growing your own food, kind of being like self-sufficient? I'm not opposed to it. And if somebody wanted to do it, I'd want to support them. Yeah. Are not you... something I think I would do myself. Yeah. It's not something I think I would do myself with my skill set and the job <laughs> that I have. It's just not, yeah, homesteading is just not tentative to what I, to, to just how I am. But uh, if somebody else wanted to do it, I think that's a great idea. If they needed assistance in doing it, let us know. 
tell people that know how to do woodworking. I'll I'll free you know, I'll get somebody and I'll send them out to you and and help you do it. Uh, we'll 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 see what we can do about it. That's the whole point of a mutual aid society, is being able to do these things. So yeah, if someone wanted the homestead, us know. We'll see what we can do to try and practically set that up. Right on. You haven't taken the stud pill then yet. I haven't take. I haven't. Taken <laughs> you gotta. Pill. You gotta take the stud pill, bro. I, I'm a mild. I'm a mild <laughs> urbanite. I like being. I like being within five minutes of a grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like running water. Yeah, well water, bro. I like Come pooping on. in a toilet that flushes. Get your water from the sky, like a good, <laughs> like a good child <laughs> like of a God. good Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make hey, your own water. water. My, like water a... <laughs> my water came from the sky at some point. Yeah. Love it. Um, and do do you think that porn is weaponized against us? Uh, if um, oh my god, if I had my friend Capisi on here right now, he would he would unload on that. Yeah. Uh, um, I forget who the guy was. Somebody could probably in the comments can can remind me of the name. He specifically said one of the main reasons he even you made poor in the first place was specifically to attack Catholics. He really is, liked getting is it Catholic e, women. E. Michael in Jones. Are you familiar with E. Michael Jones? Yes. He has a book called Libido Dominande. Yes, I'm aware. And so, yeah, <laughs> so it's all about just how it's it's political control. It was designed it and is. pushed, and throughout the century, like throughout, like there's ancient Egyptian pornography. You know, there's like ancient Japanese yeah. and Chinese, because they realize like that if you can get people to be degenerate and immoral, they're easier to control. Like you can right. farm the humans easier if you just give them distracted and addicted to their flesh pleasures. Okay. And yeah, to me, it's just so obvious, right? Like. Anyone who's awake can see it. And anyone who is actually addicted to the porn is just blind. I do think that phrase, porn makes you go blind, is true. Yes, you don't like physically lose control over your eyeballs. <laughs> but in the spiritual sense, like it just blinds you. It dumbs you, dumbs your senses down. It dulls you to the threat that's like, it, that you're letting into your body, into your brain, into your soul, however often you do it. but. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a mild form of cuckoldry. It, I mean, that's yeah, it is. You're watching it, other, it, it you're is. watching yeah. other guys have sex with people <laughs> that aren't your own women, that aren't your own wife, isn't your own wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, anyway. I'm not going to pretend like I've never watched it either. I was, I was a teenager oh, yeah. as well. Every, I mean, I lived a very is, bad think, degenerate life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's not yeah. like I mean yeah. anybody that is of a certain age, they might even still watch it now. And it's something that they're probably not very proud of, but I'll tell you, I'll do, I will tell you one thing about porn. And this is something I've learned from other people. If you have a problem with porn, get, getting out, being active, being busy, will a lot of times you will kick the habit and not even notice. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's less, uh, it's, it's less being done out of sinful lust and more out of idle hands, literally. Yeah. Uh, 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 boredom, uh, loneliness—that uh, tends to be. See, I think some people get it wrong in the sense they think, "Oh, it's a lustful sin." I think some people have more turned it into this like idle hands. Uh, uh, not that it's not bad; it is bad. But I think the way people, a lot of people, view it is is more of this uh, uh, coping mechanism. Yeah. And when you go out and you get busy 
and you you do the things that you love and you meet somebody and you get married and then you start bonking them porn will go away it, it, it will start to go away and you don't even you won't even realize it's gone it'll yeah. just happen one day and I've, I've met a lot of people that actually said that's exactly what occurred that they just they, they, they got busy they they worked out they they filled their schedule with productive things and all of those productive things working out uh, volunteering going and working a side job go DoorDash you know doing all of that stuff <laughs> yeah. doing all of that stuff got kept got, kept them so busy when they got home they didn't even want to beat it yeah fell asleep they woke up the next day and they went and did it again and then eventually by doing all of that stuff they meet somebody that they really like and they end up getting married and then they end up having kids and they don't have they don't deal with porn anymore i think there i think there's a mistake that some people make and like oh you lustful pervert sinner eh, I, I don't think it's that serious some people it might be but really get active and a lot of times if you're having that issue and you realize it's bad you you can beat it you just gotta identify what in your life is causing you to do it. it tends to be idle hands fix that and the issue will start getting rid of itself yeah definitely i like in the chat uh my boy phoenix bear says sometimes i want to go back to sleep for a day just to remember what it feels like <laughs> And then uh, Xavier the Based Thomist. I might say I might, I might be saying that right. Thomist or Thomist? T h o m i s t. Well, I know it's probably about Thomas Aquinas. I think it's I think Thomist. Thomas. Thomas. Must be Thomist. Xavier the Based Thomist says porn. I'm not familiar with that. What is it? <laughs> well, if boy, you go on Google. <laughs> well, my boy Phoenix replies in the chat. Everything on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yes. First time you ever Googled that female character you liked from that cartoon when you were 14. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your parents didn't have blockers on. Yeah, that's 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 where you discover it. Any Disney Channel star, what they turn into is basically... Uh... <laughs> Even though I really like the song Nickelodeon Girls from Pink Guy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's that's bad. I shouldn't have said that. I still got some I, I still got some dirty jokes that I think are funny. Yeah. See our life journey might be completely different. I don't know if you if you've gone back and listened to anything I've done but or said, but I grew up with my parents were both like liberal atheists. And they both ran away from their churches. Like my mom was Irish Catholic and my dad was like a Baptist, I think. Um one of those, one of those, one of those, one of those, whatever the one, I, maybe it's, um, uh, I always forget which one, a Presbyterian, but the, the Protestants that are closest to Catholics that aren't actually Catholic. And so they ran away from the church and like basically vowed to, to raise their kids without any God at all. So I, of course, just the result of that is just grew up degenerate, a degenerate heathen, intellectual, smarty pants, wannabe kid just indulging in all the sins, seeking pleasure at all costs, you know? And of course, after you do that, you just destroy yourself. You feel unfulfilled. Your heart just has a hole in it. And it's a long story, but reached rock bottom. God pulled me out of it. And so ever since, I've just been on a, on a constant pursuit of finding God in his right ways. So obviously, I'm not like a Catholic. I'm not an Orthodox. I'm not any specific denomination. I'm just seeking God in his right ways. And so I actually like I actually respect and like a lot of what Catholics do. I'm just not like in the in the church. And so the same thing with Orthodox, right. same thing like like I just kind of pick and choose 
and I, I can sound bad or whatever, but like, I just see the good that people do and I like and appreciate and I give them respect for that. And I don't really cling to like my denomination or their denomination or my church or their church. Um, but in that whole journey, it's like, I was in evil. Like I was born and raised a chill, a child of the lie. You know, I've lived that life. I know like the phrase I always use is Satan and evil is just a familiar set to me. Like I know what yeah. Satan looks like. I can see him coming from a mile away. I can smell evil coming. It's just very easy for me. And I think a lot of people that were raised well <laughs> don't have that ability. Um, and so sometimes I'm jealous of them and sometimes they're jealous of me because I can like clearly see and point out evil coming a mile away and they can't. They're a little more blind to it. Um, whereas I'm also jealous of them because I'm like, I wish I was just, you know, had a good family <laughs> and was raised right. You know, <laughs> like I don't want all this overcoming I have to do. But um yeah, in that, I mean, my whole life was just porn and sex, you know, and now it's like looking back on it, it's like, man, what a waste, what a waste of time, energy, money, but also just what a waste of my soul. Like how much of my soul did I lose? And what we, you know, I mentioned it earlier, like how many girls, like how many sluts did I make? Like how, how, how much damage did I cause to other people's souls in my own like selfish pursuits of my flesh pleasures? Um, right. And when that reality starts to sink in for someone like me in my shoes, like when that reality sinks in, when God wakes you up to that, it really will turn you off of that stuff. <laughs> you will really not want to even just sit down and watch porn, let alone be a part of it, let alone, you know, I don't know, just you're not going to be headed yeah. in that direction anymore. Um, uh, yeah, my my uh, my my family, uh, half of them are, are like hardcore Protestant, the other half. Uh, and by the other half, I mean the Catholic side of my family is actually pretty small, contrary to common uh, uh, standards. <laughs> so my grandmother was very, very Catholic. She raised me Catholic. Uh, I, I obviously I lived with my mom and my dad. My mom and my dad were not very religious. My mom would put on Moses once a year. You know, some so, like, like she wasn't very. <laughs> she isn't very religious, yeah. but you know, she she tried, right? She knew that there was something important that I needed there, and this is how she understood how she could do it, and that's what she did. You know, so we'll see Moses. Moses, good. Ten Commandments, good. There, are kids, watch Moses. <laughs> and you know, yeah. like even though you know, Jew, but um, <laughs> close enough, right? Close, like, like you got the spirit. You got the spirit. Yeah, that's what matters. My grandmother uh, made sure that I at least was introduced to the Catholic Church. I got all of my sacraments. Uh, it wasn't until college that I started. I well, I wasn't really a degenerate growing up was very very um like you slipped uh, away like you weren't i was a loner okay and i i i i wasn't a trench coat kid uh, <laughs> i just it was yes. one of those things where it's like i wasn't oh yes i wasn't, Give it I wasn't time. really bullied yeah i wasn't really bullied like there were people that picked on me but it was like here and there and it was like kind of like you know passing stuff I, I i wouldn't say i had a bully in school now nah, the people mostly left me alone i didn't get along with anybody i didn't really not get along with anybody either people knew about me they didn't have an opinion had like maybe two or three close friends and then that was kind of it you know i got decent grades without trying uh high school is a blur to me like it, it, my life started after graduation. Like when I, it, the farther I think back, yeah. other than a few key moments, I remember my life beginning, like the day I walked out of graduation. 
I mean, I'm sure anybody that's experienced high school graduation knows that feeling of like, I've spent the last 18 years of my, maybe 19 if you were especially special. But uh, <laughs> if you know, you spent 18 years yeah. of your life in school, that's your life. And then one day you walk out across the stage, they hand you a piece of paper and you walk out the door and you're done. Yeah, freedom. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> and now you're like, yeah, freedom. I've been waiting for this. What do I do? Oh crap! <laughs> yeah, now what? Now what? And Wasn't I just I graduated to be college. For this? Wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, I just graduated college about a year ago, and now it's like the same exact feeling. I bought the expansion pack to high school, <laughs> and then I graduated, and I was like, "Oh wait, same damn feeling." <laughs> what do I do? Expansion. But uh, yeah, I, I, um, my friend SK, I met in college. He was pushing uh, Wignat boundaries. He was was very close to being a Wignat, uh, Natsock. And I was a <laughs> hardcore libertarian, three percenter. I was in a militia, the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. So we both met. We were both Catholic. However, our religion, while important, I, I, I kept my morals. I'm not going to pretend like I practiced them all the time. Yeah. I, 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 I was cognizant of them. I understood that they were there and I, and they played a role in what I did. Uh, but I wasn't very religious. I eventually, when I met with my friend SK, we kind of say we self radicalized each other as Catholics. <laughs> uh, we started yeah. attending the, the Latin mass. Um, yeah. he, he pulled away from being a wig net. I pulled away from being a libertarian and we met kind of, the middle of all of these things here and that's kind of how that's where yeah. the new columbia movement was born out of not saying that we're a mix between white nationalists and libertarians because we're not either of those things yeah but you know that's <laughs> no, kind of both where we came back from. from the anger that both of those right. directions are headed towards yeah <laughs> the anger and the fear right. you just rescinded from that back to you know solid yeah. ground solid footing yeah so that's kind of where we came from and i mean as far as like well i mean i got some things that happened in my personal life stuff that i really wouldn't want to share on on live stream <laughs> because, yeah. only because it, not because it's bad but because it involves other people and and i yeah. wouldn't be able to express it without uh letting those other people you know names out not to say that basically everybody in the movement knows about my freaking laundry because i you know that we're, we're like a family so we'll talk to each other about things that's something that a yeah. social group does so um, I just don't like having it public because then if you have it public, then people use it as a weapon <laughs> yeah. against you. Yeah. But, uh, uh, nothing. It, it's actually nothing like like super bad either. It's just pressing. But <laughs> but um, no, I I I had pretty stable stable upbringing and and it was kind of more just 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 investigation that brought me to where I am. A lot of debate, a lot of investigation. Uh, that 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 kind of pulled me to where I am now. Yeah, on on the right path. That's the important part yes. now is forward. <laughs> the right, right path. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, sweet. Do you want do you want to do like a quick little like ra- lightning round questions? Sure, go for it. Um, Bitcoin or gold? Coin. Yeah. Dogs or cats? Cats. Oh, cat man. <laughs> I have a cat right here. Right, nice. Luna? Nice. Keep my trad cat. Tacos or burritos? Shoot. 
Chiefs. Uh, burrito. Yeah. And pine. Are you a pineapple on pizza guy? That's mm, uh, like no. no. <laughs> That's a hard line you don't cross. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's see there there's fornication there's contraception and there's pineapple on pizza. <laughs> sure there's something in the Bible about yeah. that I just don't remember the verse. Um, do you trust vaccines? Uh, yes, I was a public health major. SK was a uh, well, I was a public health major. I switched uh, degrees to communications because I'm an idiot. And uh, my, my friend SK graduated with a public health degree. I believe in vaccines. I believe they work. I would not take a vaccine if they were made from aborted fetal tissue. Yeah. What about, um, do you believe in climate change? Like the mainstream theory of climate change? Not the, main, not, not the mainstream narrative, no. I believe that the- Like, the, yes, the climate, the climate does change, change, but do you believe I the believe whole humans are causing it thing? I mean, I, I, I believe climate changes and I believe we have a role because pumping all that into the, all of that, those chemicals into the air has to have an effect. Uh, as far as it being something that's controllable politically or something that's going to have the effects that people are saying it's going to have, no, I don't believe in that. Yeah. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on dinosaurs? Yes, dinosaurs existed. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's okay. You can be wrong. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> you can be wrong. Right, you're Jesus it. can ride a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You can be wrong about that. Uh, <laughs> and are you a flat earther or a globe earther? Uh, obviously. Uh, obviously, I take from the council of... Uh, obviously, the earth is flat. No, it, I'm a rock. <laughs> yeah. A, it's be, more of a sphere, to be fair. Sphere, yeah, yeah, dome or a sphere. Or an oval yeah, or a dome. I don't know. And Christmas, are you a Christmas man or a July 4th man? Like, which one would you rather celebrate? Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Love that. Sweet. Well, I have one final question, but before I get to it, um, do you have any, like, plugs or shout-outs? Uh, so I would want to, uh, just let everybody know where they can find us. We are on Facebook, the new Columbia movement. We are on Twitter at the new Columbia VMT. Nobody can correct me on that. I don't have the Twitter right in front of me. I know we have to change our handles, but we are on, we are on Twitter. It's it's NCM VMT. So you guys, you guys have, you know, (laughs) yeah, <laughs> because I just want to make it clear because it, uh, please do follow them and keep up with them. It's awesome. They're going to be doing good things, especially going forward in the future. But they um, recently, your Twitter account was banned. So there's two Twitter accounts, but the one you guys are going to be active on going forward is at NCMVMT on Twitter. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Cause I, cause I, I, no, no I, I, I'm the big, I'm the big picture guy. Okay. <laughs> Thoughts okay. guy. Thoughts guy. Not the... <laughs> I, I'm, the big, I'm, 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 I'm the big thing guy. I, I, I don't, I don't go and I don't go down to the trenches all the time. Uh, but yeah. we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are also on parlor. Now we don't have anything up yet, but we're set up so you can like us. Cause we're going to start posting soon. You can get to our website at the new Columbia movement org or newcolumbiamovement.org 
send us an email if you're interested in uh, getting active with us. We can get you all set up. We have a Slack that we uh, have all of our members in. It's a it's pretty lit. Uh, and we're also on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We do a live stream every other week. We didn't do one this week because SK is currently in the hospital with a bullet in the shoulder. So uh, <laughs> he survived the assassination so, attempt. Yes, he survived the assassination <laughs> attempt. Uh, we will we will see how we're gonna um, how we're gonna retaliate soon. But um, <laughs> yeah. yep, we're on YouTube. We have a live stream every other week, give or take. Uh, if anyone gets shot, and then yeah, uh, I, I appreciate you having us on and. Uh, what else were you going to ask? Uh, well, then also, do you have any like last thoughts or questions for me before I get to my no. last question? Mm, uh, no. Uh, well, if you want to get on our Slack, I'd recommend you get on our Slack. I, we can send you the invite afterwards. Uh, Slack. Um, Is that like Discord? It's, it's, it's like Discord, Similar, but it's right? text. Okay. Yeah. You can you can you can make you can download an application. It works from your tray. Um, you can download it on your phone. That's where we do most of our interactions. If you yeah. message us on Twitter, chances are that message is not going straight to Twitter. It's it's gonna get sent to Twitter, and then somebody's gonna post a screenshot of it in Slack. That's like our command center. So uh, and and then that way me and SK are able to read it because sometimes we have other guys working on our social media because we're we're doing something else. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll shoot you a link to the Slack after we're all done here so you can uh, <laughs> link up with all of us. Sweet. And that yeah. way we I'm can set up. Uh, I'm down to Slack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah then uh, we can see about getting you on one of our streams or something of yeah. that nature. Well, well we're, we're going to do lots of collaborate and lots of cross-promotion in the future. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you set up in our Slack, and then that way, you know, We'll we'll have you in our in our file for um, uh, people that will will be able to contact when when Zuckerberg and and Jack Dorsey <laughs> finally decide to wipe us from the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, that day will come. So yeah. Oh, it will come. Yep. <laughs> it will come. Yeah. Um, sweet. Well, yeah. My final question is: Did you have fun? Oh yeah, no, I loved it. <laughs> and I, I, nice. I enjoy going on other people's streams because uh, this is what we need to do. This is this is the ground. Yeah. This is the the boots on the ground stuff. Meeting yeah. with other groups, exchanging our you know our user base, I guess you could say, uh, getting everybody initiated with each other. It's all the groundwork that's needed to do stuff in the real world. If we don't do this, and you know that we don't go anywhere. So no, I was I was glad to be on. I'm glad you invited us, and we'll we'll be working together soon. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Yeah, thank you so much. A lot of my artwork comes from a good man and friend of mine, Timmy J. Follow him on Instagram at s w i t c h b a x. His company Mountain Folk is amazing. They promote artists, they create mesmerizing art, and they sell comfy clothing that helps support groups that are fighting against human trafficking. Be sure to follow at F-O-L-K-M-T-N on Instagram, as well as at M-T-N-F-O-L-K-S-H-O-P, and be sure to shop at mtn.folk.shop. This is not a paid ad, just help good people do good things.